Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down In Front. This week we're doing a recap of the year 2012 with our best and worst of what happened all last year in movies. It was a really solid year for movies. Not necessarily solid as a qualitative judgment, just packed with movies. There was a lot of shit going on last year. It's like one every week. At the table, myself as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman, Scott. Hello. Trade Amazing Stokes. Hi. And for the ladies, we brought Eddie the Eddie Doty. Hello. Cool, man. And Eddie has to roll here in a little while, so we're going to start off a bit with him and just kind of front load it a bit with the Doty. Um, and Eddie, uh, we were all going to talk a lot about various movies, but you said you saw a whole bunch of docs this year. Uh, yeah, as I'm wont to do, I'm a, I'm a documentary guy, died in the wool, and that's, uh, you know, certainly I love all the picture films and the talking stories as much as anybody else, but I, I uh, you know, this wonderful invention called Netflix occurred, and uh, between that and a few doc, I actually still go to the theater to see documentaries when they're in the theater, and I know, right? Pussy. And uh, and I have enough friends who are of like mind where I get DVDs and stuff and um, of things that are in theater. But I will, you know, because sometimes documentaries get like a really selected limited run in theaters. And there's just a lot of times it doesn't get to work out that way. So I get screeners and copies of stuff. Because, you know, folks that work on these things all the time anyway. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of documentaries this past couple years, too, for the same reason on Netflix. I just the other day watched a great one on the National Film Registry. It's called These Amazing Shadows. Yeah. Uh, I really like that doc. That's a great one. And it's uh, it also gave me the idea that I want to. I might not do this. Uh, I want to go through all of the registry films because it's not like there's an infinite number of them. There's just between 10 and 25 for the last 20 or so years. Yeah. You could totally knock them all out. And some of them are like, let's all go to the lobby. So it's not like it's going to be a huge deal. <laughs> right. Uh, but what were some of the, what, like what, what documentaries really, really hit you? Uh, one that I think is kind of universal that I think a lot of people have been catching up on, especially since about Netflix is Jiro Dreams of Sushi. And uh, if, I'm hearing a lot about it. I still need to see it. So, yeah. It's so much fun. I and keep hearing just, that title. Uh, and as someone said, like, uh, as, as I was telling you actually at the, at the Bake Off was that um, older Japanese people don't really believe in fun as an activity uh and that's sort of no. demonstrated by jerosan he uh basically long story short in uh, a busy subway station in tokyo there's like this weird sub-level sushi restaurant that seats like maybe 20 people and oh by the way it happens to be the best sushi in the world and jiro is a master sushi chef and he runs it with his family and in terms of story there's really not a lot more beyond that just but, watching how he is and but it is one of the most beautifully shot documentaries I've seen in a really long time, especially if you're a food porn guy like me, uh, where, you know, and, and not just in the top chef way where they just do, you know, slide rail shots of, you know, and slow dissolves over food. Like, I mean, the, the color pops off of every shot and it's just a really fascinating guy. And anyone who has ever really believed um, very strongly in doing one simple craft kind of over and over again and to repetition. Um, that, it's it's a great film for that. So Jiro Dream of Sushi, I don't have my numbered. I just well, kind of well, have Real quick, yeah. we have the lists for Box Office Mojo and Rotten Tomatoes up real quick, just mm -hmm. to basically to remind us yeah. of movies that and came out And actually one of them is going to be the next one I talk G about. Jiro Dreams of Sushi is on the top uh, tomato meter for 2012. It's got a 99% uh, fresh rate on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And, uh, and the that one is to say 99 out of 100 critics yeah. one person gave it didn't better love than it. The, yeah. the, 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 one, um, the one that I was going to talk about next has a 100%, and that is the Invisible War by Kirby Dick. Uh, oh, he's oh. the guy who made uh, This Film Is Not Yet Rated. Film Is Not Yet Rated, uh, Leap of Faith, or I'm sorry, Twist of Faith, uh, Chain Camera is what kind of brought him to the scene many years ago, uh, Outrage uh, a couple years back, and now Invisible War. I don't want you to spoil me, but what is The Invisible War? The Invisible War is about the military uh, covering up the oh, I know. Uh, yeah. amount of rape that occurs in oh, the services, wow. and no film... 
heard of it. No film infuriated me. Uh, like literally sitting in my chair going, fuck it, fuck it. like no movie actually made me more viscerally angry than the invisible war. Um, uh, from a story level, it, it's also on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It, it's on Netflix. It's on uh, Apple. Sounds like a real toe tapper. <laughs> what happens is like, it's like, Oh yeah, dear Zachary's great. Go watch it. Yeah. He does a really simple technique that it just, it, it's, it's an, it's an endurance technique where basically the, you know, they, they kind of, kind of start anecdotally with one, uh, service member who's a female who, you know, talks about her, who she's like the main through line throughout the thing, but there's several people profiled, but once she starts talking about like, you know, she was sexually assaulted and then, you know, you've been with one person the entire time. Then it cuts to another woman saying when I was, you know, 19, I was stationed at wherever. And then it cuts to another woman and then another woman and they're all telling fragments and he cuts it in such a way to where it almost sounds like it could be the same. But after about 18 or 19 women it ends up being this cacophony. yeah and of- and like and and it, it editorially it's so fucking clever like and i actually rewatched it and timed it out it, the, the the cuts get quicker and the soundbite gets shorter and shorter and then like and not significantly so to where it's obvious but just enough but steady enough to where by the end of it you're like unnerved in your seat um Kirby Dick is so interesting as a filmmaker, uh, you know, narratively, because he, he tackles these subjects that require a lot of information download that require a lot of just explaining and procedural facts. And you need, I mean, even with this film was not yet read it. It's a very exposition. It, it's doc. very, it's very forensic in the sense that it's, there's a lot of data. Um, if you know, if recommend you, that by the way, also on Netflix. Yeah. If you, if oh, and I recommend his first film that he kind of got famous for, which was chain camera, which is extraordinarily different. He basically handed a camera to a high school student. They pass it off. They pass it off. They pass it off. And then he cut the footage together to paint a portrait of typical teenage life circa 1999. He, there's enough of him left now that still utilizes that technique because in all of his films, twist of faith, even this film was not yet rated uh, with the private detectives. He gives them a camera and just lets them be and lets them talk and let them be free. And that, prevents his films from becoming just so procedural, which is what a lot of documentaries tend to fall into. He's able to get that pathos in there just enough by it doesn't feel ever prepared. Yeah, there's there's a scene, there's one girl in particular who she was sexually assaulted, but like the guy hit her so hard that it broke her jaw in such a way to where she has like nerve damage in her neck. And so she's trying to get the VA just to cover her injuries. And there is footage of her filming herself on hold with the VA. And it like spans the course of like a year. And so he has enough of that sensibility to where all these facts have like a meaning and they land hard with you. So I can't recommend that one enough. Uh, it, it, it makes me so angry, partially because I am a service member, partially because, you know, I'll just say it. I did know someone who I served with who was sexually assaulted by a Marine when you know we were stationed together. So it was it was it was particularly personal for me. Are there um, any men in Invisible War? Yes. That is covered like men victims. There's a, there's a whole section of that in the film that talks specifically about that, Right on. Uh, which, which I, and it was, it was weird that you say that because when I was watching the film, as it was occurring to me, I'm like, I really hope they address, you know, right. the male rape in this. And sure enough, as soon as I thought that they did, uh, on the other end of the spectrum on a much more lighthearted tone, um, indie game, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that one. We yeah. all like that one a lot. It, it's, it's fun, man. And like anybody, and also and on Netflix, my buddy, my buddy, Jeff, I don't uh, think it is anymore. Oh really? No, no it, it is. It is. It's still there. It's still there because it was a. It, it's expanded. I mean, it's it, been there for a they while. They put it on yeah. Netflix to kind of get some awareness out there, and, mm-hmm. and now it's available other places. Um, it's 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 on there now. And my buddy Jeff kind of put it well. Like, uh, you know, if you've ever had something like like a big breakthrough in your career, like that building up moment where it just gets there, and then then all of a sudden, you know, it you're you're there. Like that captures the excitement.
mean, like, even if you don't know anything about games, that movie does a really good job of capturing. Teague liked it. Go yeah, watch it. Teague liked it. Go watch I, it. I, I like it. To, I, I'm not a gamer, and I've not never worked in the games industry. But it's exactly like being an independent filmmaker. Yes, it's the the vibe is the, exactly the exact same. same. Everybody working really hard for little pay and just a chance. And just going. I just, hope this isn't bullshit. What yeah. I'm doing. Just a shot. Just I, a, yeah. I, and the like the the run up the the nerves of this is releasing in a week. Yeah, this yeah. going out to the world in the week. I know that feel. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. it was yeah. like, oh my god, oh, yes. I was getting an anxiety attack yeah. just and watching. The, and the whole thing, and I don't want to spoil <laughs> anything about it. Just go watch it. But the whole thing that happens at PAX with Fez, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my god, yeah. Oh, anyway. Um, this was a unique year in the sense that we had two big name documentaries from two big name documentary filmmakers about the exact same subject, and that would be the West Memphis Three. Uh, we yeah. had both Paradise Lost Three that came out straight to HBO. That one I saw, yeah, uh, which I saw, and then in my opinion, the Superior uh, West of Memphis, produced by Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh. Um, yeah, really, which they, is Paradise uh, Lost which is, Three was worse than the one that someone else made. Yes, not and worse. Of course, someone else they're was both, Peter Jackson. They're both very yeah. good. Well, he didn't produce. He didn't direct. It. I want to make I, right. uh, the director's name. It's a female, actually. I forget her name. I think. But, uh, and I think Peter Jackson's one is up for a Writers Guild Award, among other things, for best doc, for documentary. Yeah, for right. best doc. Yeah, exactly. But what was their document? Well, in, in case people don't know what the West Memphis Three. Uh, the West is. Memphis Three, basically, nineteen ninety six. Uh, there were three. Uh, children around 10 years old who were horribly murdered and in, in like a really grotesque way uh, in a really small town in uh, Tennessee and um, or not, of, no, I'm of, sorry, not, not, not Tennessee. It was, um, West of Memphis would it was, be Arkansas. It was Arkansas. Yeah. It was because yeah. it, it's the, ten, it's the, I um, hope I'm right about that. Cause like it's, it was the Memphis Valley is what they call I it. I lived yeah. in Memphis. So, yeah. but, not, um, not Memphis. but so, so they, so this happened and basically the three, there were three kids arrested for it who wore black and they listened to Metallica and they, you know, read comic books and they were just, it's all about the, the, it was satanic rituals. Oh my God. Yeah, they listened so to, come they to, our listen to that crazy music. And it was, and then after, and then in the first film, which was filmed, you know, real time paradise lost, by Joe Berlinger and Brusinovsky, um, who were famous documentaries to begin with, the it sort of got the feeling like this doesn't seem right. Like, and yeah. over the there course, there was no evidence. There was no, there was there no, was no evidence. evidence other than these are creepy kids. And the confession of one of the kids who was is literally mentally handicapped with an IQ of like seventy six. Um, so, and because of that, they these kids got sentenced to death, or you know, death for one, life and two. And it's been a huge thing. I mean, Google it, you'll find out. And I'm sure everyone, most people know what I'm talking about. Paradise Lost three finally caught up with them, and then sure enough, as they were finishing production on Paradise Lost three through a bizarre turn in the law they got released they didn't get exonerated but they got released because the state is pretty much just trying to save embarrassment at this point yeah the state offered them a deal that wasn't like the state going we were wrong but the state offered them a deal that let them leave prison yeah and and really what the the third documentary is all about the one guy going i don't want the deal i want you to say i didn't do it yeah you motherfuckers i've been in jail for 20 years and i'm not done fighting i'm walking free right now but i'm not done fighting yeah west of memphis takes a more comprehensive approach of just telling the story from kind of from neck to nuts and talking to a bunch of people about it uh it fully acknowledges the paradise lost documentaries and how those were really instrumental in spurning the grassroots campaign to get them free well because wasn't Um, it the first one like you said there there was no evidence stuff like that and it was like they had gone out there to make a documentary about this happening and they wound up becoming advocates going we don't think they did this right exactly and it it just became apparent during filming like there's not a lot here here and then once people at home saw the hbo documentary people just immediately i'm dropping what i'm doing with my life and i'm dedicating to getting these kids they coney 2012 for real pretty much including one woman who ended up marrying damian Eccles. like um yeah and they got married in jail and they're still together and they're still happily married and you know all 
this great stuff. Um, and yet, even with all that, they were in jail for 15 years. 15 or years after that fact. You know. you know, and, and, and what's that, Peter and Fran's movie called? West of Memphis. Uh, and, and not only that, in addition to making the film, it turns out Peter and Fran have actually been financing their legal defense yeah, for the past 20 years. They were integrally years. involved in it. Wow. Yeah. And they, they intentionally did not part of that yeah yeah you know, broadcast this so both films are great uh west memphis is a little harder to get a hold of uh it's going to come out in video here pretty soon so i can't recommend that enough on the other end of the scale as well uh uh if you are a fan of dogtown and z boys the spiritual sequel also by stacy peralta is bones brigade an autobiography and if you've never heard of the bones brigade it's bikes uh, isn't it it's 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 skating still but you know with little guys you might have heard of named tony hawk and caballero and you know all these other guys who basically redefined skating in the 1980s and it's it's basically the sequel to dogtown z boys it's what happens with stacy peralta and he takes these kids from around the country and these six kids who were doing this for no money basically invented every major trick that skateboarders and snowboarders do today like ollie is in the skateboard now and you meet the guy who you know met it and it's a really cool story uh, in terms of you know, um, you know, when your success, your success sort of escapes you, you know, when it gets out from underneath you and sort of how to, how to do that beautifully shot. Stacey Prowls has come a hell of a long way visually. Uh, I can't recommend that one enough. If you want something that's going to infuriate you in these modern times, the queen of Versailles, um, it's about a family that was speculative real estate and made like almost like a billion dollars. Oh, okay. I've heard of this. And they lost most of it in 2008, but they still live like they don't give a fuck. And you really hate these people after a while, <laughs> but you hate them. And yet you can't really, it's got that hathos to it. You can't really look away. You can't really take your eyes off of her. Uh, they've got this one lot. It's called the queen of Versailles because the one large property they still have is almost like it, it, it's, it's almost like a, a, a um, remake of the palace of Versailles. Like it's just, it's opulent and ridiculous. They have eight kids, you know, all together and, and they're actually kind of likable. They're not too bad. Like compared to her. Um, that's that, that also made my top 10. I'm trying to see if there's other ones. I, made. I haven't seen 56 up yet, but from what I understand, that's there was a, being. a couple that I, you know, I, I can't speak to these being the best documentaries I saw all year because I don't have a very good memory but um, I just oh. recently on Netflix yeah. I saw one called After Porn Ends I did not like that one I was actually going to bring that one up about I saw how the I title didn't. of that one I was intrained I was, yeah, well, I, I'll I tell you like what it. I liked about it is because you know the, 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 the point of the documentary is all of these girls are in porn from 19 to 23 and then they have a life after that and they can't escape what's going on and how do some of them deal with that and they have not only girls but guys too interesting they they had a lot of access they they had a lot of good yeah. interviews and the i was i was only kind of enjoying it the whole time until the end title cards and then it's sort of like oh yeah because some of them escape this life and you know all of the interviews they have are ex porn actresses and some of them had to go back into porn afterwards to pay the bills. Yes. And it's what, and, and after you've heard them say like it was, it was horrifying and it was traumatic and I couldn't deal with it and, and they're back. I'll never it. go back and you find out, Oh God, that sucks. And that to me is like ultimately a, a, I want to say sort of a, one of the things I didn't like about it after porn ends is, and we're talking about best and worst. I actually have after porn ends is one of my worst documentaries of 2012. I uh, want to argue with you, but why it's structured horribly. Like it just, you open up with just an interview. It just comes in on an interview and they're just talking and then you're thinking, okay, is this leading somewhere? And then it just leads to another person talking and then another person 
person talking. There's no through line. There's no continuity. It's what I've said before. Like documentaries obey the same laws of story structure as a narrative film. And if you don't heed those, you're going to have sort of a mess. You it's not a very crafted documentary. Yeah, no, it's not very crafted. And I don't mind that it's not particularly shock rate. It's just it, 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 no, there, nothing lead like points don't lead to one another. It's just pure anecdotal. And uh, and and the, the ending, what pissed me off about it is that knowing that that's what ends up happening, you then as the filmmaker have the option of going back and sort of structuring things in such a way to where you can that doesn't just seem like such a left turn and such like a oh god you know it doesn't it's not a very satisfying ending it's um you know it, it it doesn't not because of how the story ends up but because well then what the hell was the point of me watching all of this thing? right you know so that that didn't make it in um how to survive a plague man there's some fucking depressing ones this year um <laughs> that sounds like another it's about the AIDS outbreak and about sort of the story of you know the sort of the pioneers in the gay community who um oh, wow. navigated yeah. those waters in the early days of what they do call the plague is when they call it the plague years when it was like there's this disease here it it strikes there's no cure there's no getting better you get it it's a death sentence people forget that up until 1996 it's called grid wasn't it originally it originally called but it wasn't until 1996 where and andrew sullivan talks about this quite a lot is like around 1996 they got the right combination of medicines to where living with hiv is about as inconvenient as as having diabetes like as long as you take your medicine and you do okay you're going to be fine for a while you can lead a full productive life you'll eventually die from it but not devastatingly so back in the day it's like no you're get it's like yeah once you get AIDS you're you yeah for most and then and then what if you've been living with it for five years and you didn't know you know and that's what the movie sort of tackles great access I put it on par with the life and times of Harvey Milk which I think is one of the greatest documentaries ever specifically in you know in terms of the gay community like how significant that film is how Um, to survive a plague how to survive a plague it was definitely up there this is not a film I haven't seen but it's apparently amazing so go see it and then uh or something there was like two others that i had that i really really enjoyed this year i can't think of right now so if anybody else has anything by all means we're looking at the list we got the list pulled up here just to help remind us all i'm going to go ahead and scroll on these if everyone's seen the box office ones we're looking at box office and bear in mind these we're not looking at these for any other reason than to be reminded of what happened this year um the movie that's easy to forget sometimes yeah Yeah, because there's a bunch we were in the in the thread there was a thread about best and worst of 2012 that someone started and in there i had said i have not seen zero dark 30 or the hobbit yet so i can't speak um it's gonna be all the shit you know i i for for being guys on a movie commentary podcast we we don't see many more movies than anyone else We, we we might have seen more movies but we don't like actively go out and find new movies as often as you know Roger Ebert does. He sees 200 movies a year. Um, so it's mostly, just the, big, it's mostly just the big blockbuster <laughs> stuff that we end up seeing. Um, but, you know, I, I thought Argo was great. Um, I liked Looper more than everyone else did. Um, but the, I, I can see all the arguments against Looper, but I just had a good time with it. Um, I, I, I wasn't as into Zero Dark Thirty as everyone else seems to be. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I, I call Zero Dark Thirty CSI Bin Laden. Yeah. Um, it's a very special episode of CSI. Um, it, it, that's one, and, and I guess that, that's out now, right? Obviously, it came, yeah, it, it came it, out last year, so it's eligible, and it'll probably... It'll it probably, was out in like four theaters. It'll probably win all the awards. Yeah. And all I just thought in Burbank, I, so I was very lucky... Wider. The first half of this year, up until I I, uh, I moved, um, you know, I had a I had a movie theater within walking distance, and actually saw quite a few movies in the theater. Um, second half of the year, suddenly that dropped to zero because I wasn't, didn't have access to a movie theater anymore. But then in the last month, suddenly I was pretty well gifted with some with a pretty fat stack of screeners from courtesy of being in the writers guild so it allowed me to catch up on a lot of movies so the, and and the really nice thing about screeners and the point of screeners really is 
to encourage people to see movies that they might not have made much of an effort to go out and see and go, you probably didn't see this movie. You should probably check it out. Um, and there certainly were some that, that leapt to the top of my list because I wouldn't have checked them out otherwise. Um, but I got zero dark 30. I got it the day it opened in theaters, in fact, and watched it. And, um, yeah, my take on, on zero dark 30 is it's, I'm, I'm glad they made the movie. It's not a bad movie by any means. Um, I almost wish it had been a documentary, <laughs> which you can't really do it as a documentary right. because most of those people, the real people aren't allowed to say things. So it's based on, you know, well, and most of the SEAL team is dead because they were, they went down in like a helicopter crash a few months after, didn't they? I don't know about that. I mean, I think, I think maybe some of them may, may have happened, but, um, but zero dark 30 has that, what really bugs me. And it's, it bugged me about the hurt locker as well, which I think the hurt locker was a, a, an interesting film, but it wasn't like, Oh my God, the greatest movie of all time. Um, because of it's, it, it, I've been on record before. I, 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 I'm really bugged by movies that use real tragedy, that use real tragedy. And, and also gain a, 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 a mantle of importance mm. based on what they're about that they don't themselves earn. Um, and I'm specifically concerned about zero dark 30 by the way it, it starts. Yeah. And uh, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Zero dark 30 starts over black screen with people talking about nine 11. Um, there's a, there's like a, the nine one one calls and stuff. Exactly. dispatch. And, and my thing is like, are those real? They are. Which just oh. bugs the crap out of me. I recognize one of them from having seen that yeah. before. It's actual people calling from inside the building, talking nine one one. Like the you know, it's the place is on fire, they'll, and the nine one one operator saying, "You'll be fine, you'll be fine." Firefighters are on their way, you know. But and it's like the lady that sequence goes out on was the one that I was like, "Not cool, guys. Yeah, can't play that." Exactly, and and so the thing is, I zero dark thirty as much as you know, I res- I understand, I respect what they were going for and what they're trying to do, but it's like I'm sorry, you know, there was the real nine eleven, there was the real hunt for Bin Laden, there was the real execution of bin laden those are events of magnitude that you know we can barely still to this day appreciate as real things you are miss manorino's third grade showing us how the pilgrim is vented thanksgiving you are just a movie trying to kind of tell us that story and acting it out for us you don't have the credibility of actual 9-11 so i think i think you know i'm glad the movie exists and i'm i'm interested in it even though it's obviously fictionalized, I'm interested in it because of the, okay, well that's, they couldn't tell you everything. And, and some of this is obviously fictionalized, but, but that, that's what it was. That's, that's what it was like. These right. things, kinds of things happened. I was especially, you know, the, the raid itself was like a SEAL team training video about this is what an actual one of these looks like probably. Yeah. It was not an action sequence. Yeah. And I was pleased by that. I really liked that they didn't, as I said in the format, they didn't Hollywood it up. It's like, it, it's, it's not what you think it is. If you've, if you've never been on a SEAL team, you don't, you know, you don't know what these things are like, but, uh, but yeah, as far as like, Oh yeah, it's the most important and it will stand the test of time. It's like, I just, I'm not inclined to think that about Zero Dark Thirty. My thing about uh, about it was, I'm sorry, I'm watching Eddie. <laughs> He's trying to perilously step over a cord a baby with a baby. Aggressive, yeah. Uh, my There's... thing about Zero Dark Thirty was, after watching it, I mentioned at the, at the top of this episode the documentary "These Amazing Shadows" about the National Film Registry. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been looking at movies differently since then because one of the things that they talk about in the registry documentary and what those conversations are like when they're out there is. The, the importance of film as a yardstick for future generations, because yeah. a lot of what we learn about the culture of or the 20s or the 30s. About well, the culture, yeah, but yeah. It, it comes down to what 
what entertained them? What were they saying to themselves? What were they being told? You know, it's, it's not so much necessarily that this film was outstanding. It's not that Birth of a Nation is the best structured yeah. film of all time. It's that this has a cultural or historical significance in terms of this is what was totally fine to put in a theater at that point. Right. Isn't yeah. that horrifying? Yeah. And I think somebody that, someday will explain Twilight to us. We'll, yeah. yeah, we'll see. But Zero Dark Thirty. And as we said before, I can't wait for the future sociologist to tell us why we're so fascinated by, by skyscrapers falling down. Yeah, I know. That that's our choice of entertainment. Zero Dark Thirty is interesting to me when I look at it through that prism because it it is a... Right now, it, fe- it feels very now. It is a very current movie. It feels very yeah. prescient. It feels very true right now. Uh, you know, with the... the allowable exception of maybe it's not exactly the torture that got us there but the movie makes a claim that i think a lot of people miss which is the torture didn't get us there um but everyone's been confused about that the i i think it will stand the test of time as an interesting point because it's this is how we thought about 9-11 a decade after and in 40 or 50 years if we are still thinking about that whether or not it changed the world or if it was just a weird decade zero dark 30 will be a useful tool to garner how we felt about it now so as a movie now that doesn't say much but as a piece of history it's 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 a movie that's going to be worthwhile in 50 years when we're trying to figure out what was going on in the beginning of the century but you know didn't didn't blow me away or anything like that all the reviews are coming out saying best movie of the year hands down yeah i didn't i, just, I didn't have that hit i'm not seeing that but yeah, it's, not, it's really rather that. good what about you guys? I've not seen Zero Dark Thirty yet. I have not. Either. I, I mean, not Zero Dark Thirty, but I know one of your big ones this year was Cloud Atlas. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's probably my number one personally. Um, having not seen Zero Dark Thirty, although it doesn't sound like that would necessarily jump to the top of my list. <laughs> like poison Zero Dark Thirty, for you. <laughs> but uh, uh, although I do want to see Zero Dark Thirty, it's but, worth uh, seeing. Yeah. It's not. It's not bad at all. It's it's. Extremely... I think it's even better than the Hurt Locker, and I really like yeah, the Hurt Locker. Yeah, I, I actually give it points over the Hurt Locker as well. Yeah, but definitely number one for me was Cloud Atlas, which sadly, we're talking about Box Office Mojo, and we've got on the, f- yes. the first page is the top 100. It is it barely made the top 100. It is number 100 on that list. Yeah. Um, just below Monsters, Inc. 3D. Just below Monsters, yeah. Inc. 3D. So Well below some other films that would make you sad um, if we named it, them. It makes me... Well 26 million total gross. Yeah. 26 million total gross. And, That's and devastating. That and is sad. I'm pretty sure it cost more than that. Yeah, it cost... Although <laughs> although it cost, um, it cost 120, which if you see the movie, that will blow you away. That seems low. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is so low for that movie. But um, definitely Cloud Atlas. So when it comes out on Blu-ray, it doesn't have a date yet or anything like that. But yeah. I, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I Cloud Atlas came and it was like one of those movies that... Uh, I think I think one of Cloud Atlas's original handicaps is the title. What the fuck is it? You yeah. can watch the whole movie and you still don't know. Um, it's violate, the name of the piece of music, isn't it? Yes, violates it uh, violates the uh, the Blake Snyder rule of the title should say what the movie is, and Cloud Atlas does not do that. Um, the and on that note, I was really disappointed in Magic Mike. Yeah, really. Not one bit of magic. Um, so I, you know, you didn't think so. You had you had raved about Cloud Atlas, <laughs> and uh, I, I had no, you know, other than I was like the Wachowskis, ooh, kind of more missed than hit with me with the Wachowskis in general. Like, okay, um, but uh, but uh, you know, I'll I'll give it a go, and uh, and I just I popped it in, and to this I I watched I've only watched it once. All the way through, but we saw the clips of the Bake Off last night, and as I said, I I, I want to rewatch it now. Um, I don't know what the hell that movie's about. I don't know what it's trying to say. I don't know what's going on, and yet I dug it. <laughs> and yet I was like, okay, you know, yeah, this is was, there's something I don't know what it's talking about, but it's it's really quite fascinating. Um, and it's one of those, as we've said many times, it's one of those movies where we go, 
I'm glad someone made that. I'm glad that's a movie that we have. I'm glad that someone made that and, you know, could have been another Transformers movie, you know, right. which, which would have contributed nothing. Um, and another one I will put on that list is Looper, which is like, Looper's not great for me. You know, it's another one where I, I again, I got it as a as a digital screener. They, this, I was the, that was the first, a one and only, as I, I was allowed to. I, they basically gave me a, a, a free 48-hour rental of Looper um, before it was available to rent. And uh, I had 48 hours to log in and, and uh, watch it and download it. And so I did. And I kind of went, all right, this, this is a movie that happened. And, you know, I, I haven't given it a lot of thought. But I'm like, again, Cloud Atlas and Looper are like, at least someone's still making those. Sure. They're still out there swinging. You know, they're, they're taking a swing at that ball, you know, as opposed to making Battleship 2. You know, somebody is still trying things. Um, or Madagascar 3. Exactly. Neither one of those movies, like, grabbed me and made me go, oh, my God, this is, you know, the greatest movie of all time. But I didn't hate either one of them. And, and I was like, it's more, I'm, I'm so glad they exist. I'm so glad that they got made. I'm so glad that someone took a swing at the bat, at the ball on that one. Brian yeah. and Mike, I know you both are disappointed in Looper. Would it make either of your worst lists? Uh, mm, I, I, de- no. I debated it, that a little bit, but there were, when I was making my like bottom 10, but I'm like, no, it's not, I don't think it's on that list. Um, and honestly, I feel much the same way Trey did. I think, I think personally Cloud Atlas is much more successful than Looper is um, ultimately. And, but, but like you said, I'm yeah. glad someone's but they're, taking they're really that shot. trying to, they're going for different things yeah. too. But in I terms think, of, I think Cloud Atlas achieved what it was going for more than Looper did. That's what, that's how I would, I would agree with you. Um, and uh, I think I'm reacting more to the people see a lot of the, the reviews. I mean, Looper is at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I'm, I don't get at all. I'm and totally it's up for a Writers Guild Award yeah. too. It's I, one of the five features for a Writers Guild Award. I think Looper, I, again, I'm like, I'm cre- I, I'm totally willing to credit it for taking that swing, and I love that that movie got made and exists, but it did not work. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's my only contention. People are going, oh, it was great, and it was smart, and it was so well-crafted. I'm like, no, it was, it was a good attempt, <laughs> and, I, and I liked it fine, but I, I'm not going to give it the credit that you guys are apparently we giving We will certainly be doing what, a commentary for Looper. That's, just the, yeah. that, that's the point of contention that we're coming across. And, but the people who are really into Looper, that's like a Princess Bride thing. I'm yeah, like, wow. if, I'm, if I'm coming at it like, yeah, I didn't love it, they're like, you are a Philistine, and you yeah, hate movies of all kinds. And like yeah. no, I just just said it's not perfect. I'm just so. gonna go out. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I I think de- in dealing with this particular topic, um, and people talk about yes, as people have characterized it as you know, finally a smart science fiction movie. It's like yeah. no, you're thinking no. of Primer. Yeah, I was I was gonna bring yeah. that up. Yeah. I was gonna Primer say, is what you're thinking of. The whole the whole conversation about no time travel movie ever made sense, and if it ever got close to trying, it'd be impossible to understand it. It'd be incomprehensible. It's true. I'm like, well, we've taken <laughs> yeah. all the pressure off. We don't have to do that because Primer's out there. Like, yeah. if you want to if you want to try to figure out some hardcore shit, go watch Primer and come back to me. And if you have, by the way, um, go to <laughs> downinfront.net slash Primer. <laughs> but but the, the, the odd thing is that Shane Carruth, who did uh who did Primer, yeah. was you know, helped Ryan Johnson with Looper was, you know, yeah. part of that process. So Shane Carruth has a new movie coming out and it's not, and it's not a topia. He's making another movie. That's he great. does. And the trailer tells you absolutely nothing yeah. about the movie. And I can't wait for it anyway. I'm curious. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, curious. I'm glad he's making another movie. Yeah. I might, I might love it. I might hate it, but damn, but dude, make another movie. Cause Go. after primer came out, the, the script that he was going to do next was called a topiary. And I, I ended up with a copy of it. And dude, I mean, Jeff makes fun of me because I, I, I couldn't even get through like the first half of it. It's just like 
really, really dense, like really smart, really like, I swear to God, you better know what you're doing. Cause I have, I could check your <laughs> yeah. work if I had to, yeah. um, but he's doing something else instead. Trey, what's, what do you, what do you got on your notes there? I just, well, I, I went through my stack of screeners just to kind of remind myself what I'd seen this year. And, and then also looked at the, uh, the best and worst lists and the, and the box office lists and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think this is another one where Mike and I are, are alone on our end of the couch. Um, another movie that uh, we're the only two people in the I know world that really going. liked, uh, would be, uh, Rock of Ages, am I right? Hell yeah. What the hell was Put wrong with horns, you people? Man. What the hell is wrong with you people that you didn't love Rock of I'll Ages? I'll take Pitch Perfect. I haven't seen Rock of Ages yet. I'll see it eventually. I haven't Just, seen Pitch Perfect. I haven't seen, I, I, haven't seen I, keep, I keep hearing nothing but good things yeah. and I keep meaning I want to see it. But uh, Rock of Ages, and I think we had the same experience, although not at the same time in the same place. No, we had a, we didn't have it at the same place, but we did have it at the same at the time. Same time we the same night. same night for some yeah. reason. It was like whatever. I'd say, okay, well, I want to see a movie. And I was really intrigued by Rock of Ages. Yeah. Um, I was like, all right, I'll give that a shot. And I just, the first, I think we shared this experience too. The first five minutes, you're kind of like, uh-oh. But then it kind of kicks in and you kind of get your head around what they're doing and what the movie is. And then from then on, it was just pure fried gold. It was just, yeah. it was just. <laughs> this is just so goddamn much fun. I've, I've never liked Russell Brand ever before, and I like him all of a sudden. What's going on in the universe right now? And we both came out and tweeted like, Rock of Ages is the most awesome thing. And then we saw that we'd both done yeah. that. And we were, like, we, were like, we were like, right? Am I right? Yeah, high five. And it was like it you both called each other. The exact exactly. Oh, my God, Rock of Ages, right? And uh, No, you and, go first. No, you go first. And it turned out that most of the world just hated the hell out of it. Yeah. And but oh well, I saw it, I saw it with my roommates, and they they too were like, "What the hell is wrong with the critics? Like this is this was so great, yeah, it was so much fun." I'm really curious to see it. I, I just g- thought it was just pure fun, just yeah, fun, 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 fun. I guess on and a yeah, similar note for Mike, then is going to be Judge Dredd, right? Of course, yeah, you're gonna. Go- I think I'm I think I'm well on record as be, and saying yes on Proposition <laughs> Dread. You've made you've made you've made me feel so guilty. I just <laughs> I have to see Judge Dredd. Clearly, it's I have even to on see Netflix Dredd. now. It's is, co- well, is, is it? it? No. It's on streaming. No way. It's not coming out till Tuesday. Judge Dredd 3D is what it's called, right? Or something like that. Yeah, Dredd 3D. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, just pull it up. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's get this over with. I saw it the other day. I think it's the same movie. I think it was the proper one. Mike and is, I almost watched it. Mike has no. been evangelizing for Judge Dredd. By the way, that's the problem anything. with everyone in Judge Dredd, by the way. It's not like, I don't want to fucking see it. Fuck that movie. It's just, you're never in the mood to want to take the first leap uh-huh. and start yeah. watching it. It's not, well, that, it's, it's not that you're opposed to it. You're just like, not I'm invested not, enough to make the cost. I'm not going to start that yeah. now. To, to I'm going to get dinner in a second. Yeah. Spend the time. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, I mean, it is a hard sell. I know that it's a hard Tell. I went. I don't even know why I went to see it. I just just out of pure. Well, you also advocated for Total Recall, which nobody saw. Either. I did advocate for Total Recall. I, I, haven't, well, I, I, haven't I can't be with you on Total Recall. Then Total Recall would be on my list of not. Oh yeah, for the year. It barely made it. It barely made it on my list of of yeah. Just because it, again, it's it's and a dread. I think is a very. Dread, I think, is a good movie. Total Recall, I think, is a fun movie. <laughs> to, to, but I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a good movie. You you have to set aside... It's tough because you have to set aside the previous Total Recall, but it insists on reminding you by having little cameos of moments. Not people, but moments. Uh-huh. You know, the three-breasted hooker and stuff like that will show up for no reason other than, hey, it's Total Recall, Total remember? Recall, everybody. So those kinds of... Yeah. Da-da-da. Um, so those moments are kind of annoying, but on its own... and. As I said in a review I wrote, I'm like, there is at at its core, no pun intended, and you know what I'm talking about if you've seen it, there is a piece of such stupid science yeah. that it's like, I, I, I put it in my review, I'm like, 
if you cannot accept this, don't. Don't go see it because the whole movie just revolves around this and it's not going to work. If you're willing to be like, that's dumb, but tell me that story anyway, then you'll probably enjoy it. So You're talking um, about the transport, right? I'm talking about the, the yeah. elevator through the planet. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, what would be some of your best and worst? Um it's it's tough for me because you know like you i haven't seen you know i the 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 film snob and film podcaster in me is trying to think of the most obscure thing i saw this this year to bust out but i don't i didn't i I didn't do well on any of those i'm looking at my list and i'm like god i'm just i'm lame yeah i'm like i love dread and fucking dark knight (laughs) avengers like yeah pretty much the same way uh so i would i mean i'd have to feel like i need to see the master and say i liked it just to get some cred (laughs) exactly but exactly uh, i'm happy to give you my screener copy because i'm never watching that again Uh, i was allowed to give you my screener copy if you promise you'll break it in half <laughs> and i recommend you do it before you put it in the dvd player uh so i mean my all of my things would be solidly in the mainstream but you know skyfall i love the crap i haven't of. seen that one yet skyfall still is haven't seen skyfall uh avengers obviously cabin in the woods did you uh, like argo sorry did you see argo i did see argo i liked argo uh all of the craft involved in argo is amazing my only issue if you could even call it that would be that it's the plot i think is just a little too thin to stretch out to a full feature yeah which is obviously not anything on it's not within ben affleck's control other than yeah he decided to it's, make a movie. If, it's, if it's if it's if there's any criticism to be leveled it's like well that in the end that's not a particularly exciting story it's a suspenseful yeah. story yes but the payoff is not exciting i haven't experienced yes. tension like i felt in the third act of argo yeah uh, in a long time i mean that yeah. was that was as tense as i've been in a theater in a I, I got that on a screener i don't think i would have made an effort to see it otherwise it was very interesting to see it because of course it takes place in an era when i had just arrived in los angeles so it is a, it's a historical movie about a life that I, you know, was in um, when I was first starting college was when we had the Iranian hostage crisis. What does Super Eight and Argo have in common? <laughs> yeah, really, they're they're both about me. Um, and and the uh, the thing about Argo that really that, that I I, did, I mentioned this to Brian when we were talking about this movie a while ago. Um, I was taken out of the movie early on by the stock footage of the collapsed Hollywood sign because that's actually anachronistic. Mm -hmm. The Hollywood sign was actually repaired in, I believe, 77. Um, And the movie takes place in, I believe, 79 because – I came to, you know, I came to Los Angeles. I'd never been here before in my life. And I was like, the first time I laid eyes on the Hollywood sign, I was like, oh my God, there's the Hollywood sign. There's the actual damn thing. Um, and it had already been repaired. Right. And I arrived here in 78. And then the, the hostage thing happened. Yeah. And the hostage right. thing was after, was after that. It actually, just because they couldn't pass up the amazing right. imagery of yeah. the destroyed Hollywood sign, but that's actually an anachronism. It's, it has an anachronism. But I, I enjoyed it. It also is fun because it, it gets into John Chambers, you know, obviously is a real makeup artist and that's a world that I was in and and seeing a little glimpse of the makeup artist world and the low budget world and all that kind of stuff was really fun and it made me wish like I wish I'd known who to go talk to in 78 so I could have been like <laughs> one of those guys earlier I could have if I could have somehow insinuated myself into that if I'd known what warehouse they were making that movie in I could have gone to so I enjoyed Argo and I think it was really well made I think Affleck is you know, it's funny how Affleck is one of those people that you can make. He's like Joe Biden. Ben Affleck is like the Joe Biden of the movie industry. Everyone makes fun of him, and yet he's brilliant and awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he has a reputation for being this clown, just like Biden, and yet he's really quite amazingly talented yeah. and really good at everything he does. 
I'm, yeah, I've I, always I, loved Biden. Biden's like an awesome uncle. Biden is fantastic. Did you see Biden on Parks and Recreation, by the way? No, I didn't. It's, it's I Joe Biden was on Parks and Rec? Yeah. Yeah. He's a guest appearance. I, I wanted, <laughs> I was I was really sad when that Obama guy won the nomination because Biden was my guy, but I was glad that he got picked for nah. VP. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, uh, well, as I, as I told my sister when we, when we saw it, I, I hope that Argo marks the transition where Ben Affleck can now just be the director. He doesn't have to be like... Yeah. Oh, you'll let me direct this if I also am the star of it. <laughs> okay, which, but I'm wearing a big old bushy beard and you can't even tell that it's me. Yeah, <laughs> which, which has been his last several movies. I'm hoping that, you know, this one, even if it doesn't get uh, all the way to the top, but it gets somewhere in the vicinity of Best Picture. So they go, okay, Ben, yeah. you can now just be the director that you want to yeah. be and you don't have to be in the movies anymore. Hollywood it's, brings its clo- brings Ben closer, licks its thumb and kind of <laughs> smudges off its cheek. All right, Ben, go. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just from the buzz it's pretty clearly going to get a nomination. I didn't even yeah, I didn't It's going to get nominated for something. I didn't see Argo with the understanding, the assumption, I'm like that's going to be in the best picture showcase, so I'm going to see it then. I'm not even yeah. going to bother going to Is that happened yet or is that still to come? It's it's not until the nominations actually uh, are stated. Of course so. it would be because I'm an idiot. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of Ben Affleck as an actor though, I think this year the company men came out or company man that one i think that was this year i honestly don't remember when i saw it because i don't remember it was kind of a featherweight movie but it was i think it was john wells who was a west wing guy yeah um i don't know if he wrote and direct and produced or some combination of the three but i saw that one so clearly no interest at all in the pitch it's a really rich guy gets fired and has to deal in these tough economic times blah 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 but it was it had this sort of west wing pedigree and veneer to it so i went to see it just on those auspices and i was a little let down it was kind of a non-starter mm. even though it, it it took some very specific cues from the west wing in terms of its window dressing like it uses the same trajan wide kerning as like a west wing episode would <laughs> and it's it's sort of like a John, we can see you. You know we can see you, right? Um, but it wasn't a particularly good one, and that was Ben Affleck in the leading role. And I want to say Kevin Costner was in it too, uh, Chris Cooper. It was it was a while back, and I don't remember it very well, but it didn't leave an impression on me. So it would be unfair to call it the worst movie that I saw this year. But actually, if if, if I can do one, uh, I think this will be. No. I think this will ultimately no. be controversial. Uh-oh. Uh oh, Les Mis. Ah, for worst? It. I still need to see. Not it. not for worst, but it's a very very checkered. For the most French. I, yeah. well, I didn't think it was great, but I wouldn't have said worst. Well, no, 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 no. I know you're not saying worst. But well, I mean, that's why it surprised me. You could you could have put Anne Hathaway singing "I Dreamed a Dream" in the room, and it wouldn't have made the worst. Um, because that scene alone is just oh shit, oh man, oh shit, is, I, amazing scene. Anne Hathaway is is someone like she's I, I'm I'm such an Anne Hathaway fan, which will take us to the Dark Knight shortly. But, Here's my uh, thing with Les Mis. She's um, amazing, I think. Just as a as a side I didn't piece know of until I saw her in Les Mis, and yeah. I was like, God damn! And I knew because on, when she does Saturday Night Live, she's yeah. she sings. She did and the she's Mary... also hysterically funny and raunchy and does comedy well. She's a she's one to watch. Yeah, damn. I mean, her and Hugh Jackman are are the male and female versions of each other. Yeah, uh, they are. Her bit on SNL when she was the Mary Poppins when Incredible. Bert, when Bert had STDs and yes. they're singing about him. Oh, it was funny. She, she, she also does an amazing Julie Andrews impression of all you know, of all anyway, strange talents. Les Mis, I might be wrong about this. I'm not totally tuned into the musical world, at least not as much as someone else would be. Um, but Les Mis might be one of the more revered musicals that I can imagine right now, like Miss Saigon. Yeah. Maybe Fiddler on the Roof or West Side Story, but Les Mis is one of the really important, with a capital I, musicals. And in addition to that, anecdotally, my family has been really connected to Les Mis since before I was born because my mom's best friend was a gay man in 1986 or 7. Les Mis comes out, he sees it. Uh, my parents don't give a shit, but it moved him so thoroughly, and they were so close, that he, with no money, like he didn't, he couldn't afford to do this, bought them tickets to see it. And uh, it became a, a very huge part of their lives and their relationship. He eventually died of AIDS. 
and empty chairs and empty tables became a whole thing. And it was, it's a very large part of my family history. And I had never seen it. I'd heard the soundtrack and I'm a musicals guy. So it seemed like if I was ever going to see Les Mis, it was going to have to fucking be the movie because it's, I'm not going to New York shit. Come on. And, uh, I, all I know I about did it, see Les Mis in New York once upon a time. That's gotta be a pretty moving show. It was a really good show. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I have a complaint about Les Miserables, not about the movie. I, I'm, I'm stunned that it has the, the credence that it has, the, the reverence that it has. I was really surprised because the structure of it is baffling and it doesn't really decide what it is until the last shot kind of kind of deal. Uh, if we were to do it down in front of it, there'd be a lot of you, you could make a lot of arguments about the way it's set up and you could set it up differently. I felt the same way. And I think I think a and lot that feels of the, weird to do because you're talking about like, you know, we're talking about Les Mis. I think a lot of the reverence, though, is coming from seeing it on stage and i'm saying this as someone who didn't see it on stage i'm just going conceptually it's like i've seen epic historical dramas done that's something i know you can do in a film and it's like okay then they then they dive into the sewer so you get your actor and you build a sewer set and you walk and they build a giant battalion and they do a thing and they're going to do a battalion in the streets and have a war uh okay you know and and they're singing and and all of that great on stage, it'd get you more. On stage, you're watching them do this in real time, busting their asses for three hours straight, mm-hmm. dramatizing this, doing it impressionistically, having to come up with all these tricks and right, stuff to, right. to make you understand what's going on because they can only do it from you know the one angle and stuff like that. So I can see how that same story... And and uh, you know my my roommates had seen Les Mis and they were like that was the show <laughs> you know that that was it in a movie um, I can see how that would be much more powerful as a, as a stage experience than it necessarily was as a I as think a film experience. I think you're totally right I had, it hadn't occurred to me and I think you're totally right so it's not necessarily a fair thing to say but watching the film as it is I was struck by. This is a rather poorly structured thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is not actually a really well-structured thing, but I can imagine even as moved as I was by it in the theater thinking that, how much more powerful it would be on stage and you wouldn't notice that in a million years. But as a result of that structure and having trouble understanding who people were, why they were there, and, and, and just the general story motivation shit that we always talk about, I felt myself getting detached about 90 minutes in, and there's only about 150 minutes after that, so it wasn't a huge problem, <laughs> but you know. I felt myself getting dragged out of Les Mis out of confusion because the structure wasn't really working for me. And that's a really, that's a difficult thing for me to say because all I've known all my life is that it's the most important thing that ever happened to my parents. And also it's one of the more revered plays of all time. And I'm sitting here going, down in front boy like oh shit yeah you know this is a little confusing no i had the same experience aside from the important to my parents part i thought the lives i thought live i thought live singing worked beautifully and i I never want to see anything else again in my life i hope that the next time it happens they don't have to prove it so much right um a lot of people have been complaining that you know you have to get the camera right up in their face to really no seriously watch your lips she's singing that right now got it got it back off and it also seemed a few times as if they were actually faking the shallow depth of field yeah like they they really wanted you to be focusing on her face so they'd blow it dream to dream was definitely fake yeah um but and then the others were just bad but the numbers (laughs) the numbers were great i mean the music is great um and it was all the things that lay miss the movie should have been i think i just actually had a really odd visceral reaction to the material like this is not so perfect yeah y'all um i think so so I i don't put it on the worst list or anything but i was really surprised by how not good I thought Les Mis was. I think part of the problem, again, you know... It'd be more powerful on stage. It'd be more powerful on stage, and I think because it's so revered, they didn't try to find the film in it. They just did the stage. Just do it. Oh, yeah. Les Mis isn't one that you can... 
say, all right, let's take some liberties. Make it a, yeah. let's, let's shape this shit up. Yeah. What do you think about parallel stories? Can we watch them at the end, at the beginning, at the same time? <laughs> I believe it's pronounced libertés. <laughs> <laughs> libertés. Anyway, libertés. Anyway, Trey, what else you got on your notepad there? Uh, well, um, I, uh, as we talked about in our previous uh, uh, intermission, I, I didn't see The Hobbit in the theater except for 10 minutes of it last night at the Bake Off. Um, Hobbit on video uh, is probably not the best way to catch it um, because, you know, it's like I felt like, oh, they made like, is this like, what is this? Is this like a sci-fi channel TV movie sequel uh, to The Hobbit, <laughs> to The Lord of the Rings? Because um, it, it just goes on and on. That first 40 minutes, I turned it off several times. Uh, it took me a while to get into it. Um, I've since gotten more into The Hobbit. I think The Hobbit is actually, I mean, again, if this is our scale, hooray for the movie industry because The yeah, Hobbit yeah, is, yeah. you know, mostly fantastic. And, and, and only a lot of the negative things I might say about The Hobbit are only because it pales in comparison to the even more amazing work that it is, you know, yeah. has already happened. Uh, Lord of the Rings is still... This ain't no Phantom Menace. Exactly. New. Yeah, it was... For the first 40 minutes, I was like, oh my God, this is Hobbit. This is Lord of the Rings episode one. We actually... This is actually happening. But then it pulled out <laughs> of that power dive. And uh, and I'm hoping that the, the other two movies will be fine. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go on record and saying I, find, I, I did not see uh, Dark Knight Rises until they sent me a screener a month ago, so I came very late to that party. Um, wow, that's a movie I did not think was very great. I uh, did not care for that movie at all. Yeah, Except for the, um, there's this actress in it called Anne Hathaway. who um, She sings. She's uh, Apparently she also sings. Yeah. Uh, she looks good in a, a leather cat suit and sings. I mean, she's one to watch. Um, Michelle Fiverr doesn't sing. And, Anne Hathaway is... is Anne Hathaway is the only thing that I like about The Dark Knight Rises, other than and, and the visual effects are nice. But I agree with you. Wow, and what's that's weird a, that's is I think that she should through. have been extricated entirely from the movie. Really? Like I think like all of her scenes, if you just took them out and yes, it's like yeah. And one of the damn awful things about the 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 most screeners are not unless unless they come out so so long after the movie, you know, because a lot of screeners are movies that are coming out just right now that that month, you know, they they're not on video yet officially yet. Um, a very few movies will have come out long enough ago. Well, the screener they send you is they're just going to send you a copy of the movie, same as you'd buy in a store. They just send it to you. Um, but most of the most of them are special custom DVDs that they have that they're preparing because there is no official store bought DVD yet. So they don't have things like there's no extra features. There's no they don't have most of them don't have chapter search on them. And because oh, someone just threw an H two six exactly, literally, it's just a file. It's a video file that will play from start to finish, and and uh, and uh, so you can't sc- scoot around. And who boy would I love to be able to like just watch the Anne Hathaway scenes in the Dark Knight, uh, which <laughs> then I would like that would be great. But I'm not. I can't do it with the screener DVD I have. But yeah, talk about a movie that after six months of oh my god, it's the most amazing thing, and I finally saw it, and I was like, just I just oh just, just stop making this movie, please. Please make this not be happening in front of my face anymore, and I and I stuck it out all the way to the end, and then I was kind of like, mm, all right, so that was a thing. So yeah, um, I wasn't I wasn't huge on Dark Knight Rises. For me, Dark Knight Rises and Batman Begins are worth it for the Dark Knight. I think the Dark Knight's going to be the, yeah, the, that's the, the evergreen. That's exactly it. Everyone wants to talk about Batman Begins. It's like uh, that's a tiresome, I, tiresome I, piece of shit too. It's like there's there's three Nolan Batman movies. One is awesome. Yeah, the other two are just. Yeah, there, you know. So, how are how are you guys on Dark Knight Rises? I would need to see it again. I've only seen it the once in the theater. Um, oh, and wasn't that a hell of a night? <laughs> uh, well, I didn't see it opening night. I saw it the day after. Uh, but you were able to go into a theater after Aurora. Yeah, we talked about this on oh, the yeah. Aurora commentary. Oh man, yeah. I was not, I, would, I would not Aurora have been in the shape episode. to do that. Uh, anyway, you saw it. Sorry. Anyway, um, I think I f- I feel like it, on a rewatch 
I'm I'm halfway to feeling like Trey, and I think gonna rewatch I'll be all the way there. Um there is a lot of stuff in there that just is just doesn't go together right. I mean it's beautiful, uh some great performances all around. I like Joseph Gordon Levitt a lot, so yeah, I like his he, he should be he should be lifted out of the movie entirely because there's no yeah, he purpose doesn't belong to his, in he does, no. It's like it's like it's like, oh, you're pulling an Avengers. You're advertising your next movie in this movie that I want yeah. that I came to see. And that sucks. Yeah. And I hate you for that. Um so. But it's yeah, I think it's media. I think it's at least far more mediocre than most of the rest of the world has given it credit so far. Mike, you've called Nolan the king of the flawed masterpiece. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've. We'll get to the master in a second. Yeah, I've 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 actually cooled on Dark Knight Rises a little bit. I I was very I was very happy with it when it came out just because. I'm so used to being so disappointed yeah. with with major pictures like that, and I, I while I didn't even even watching it, I didn't feel like he really stuck the landing. I was like, well, he he could have biffed it a lot worse than he did here, and, <laughs> he and just twisted an ankle. He didn't, yeah. Die. So yeah. he just stumbled a little bit. <laughs> no one was killed. Like. Um, and so I went, okay, you know, just just like on on his other ones, I see that there are problems. I see that it's not fitting together in a lot of places, but. God damn it, watching it in IMAX and seeing all that stuff and the the whole climactic chase at the end and everything's blowing up and they're shooting rockets at every damn thing in Gotham. I enjoyed that. And I saw it, you know, a couple times um in theaters, but now, you know, looking back and and thinking about it, basically just just going from the metric of Almost what you were talking about with Dread. I think about it. I'm like, I should see Dark Knight Rises again, and then like, yeah, yeah but <laughs> you why? know, why would I see? Why? Why? I don't really need to right now. Um, I I personally like Tom Hardy as Bane quite a bit. Um, he's certainly no Heath Ledger, but I'm just so fascinated it by the character. That's what, it's like I was like, I watched the whole movie, and I was like, Tom Hardy. Wait, Tom Tom Hardy. This. Is it the Tom Hardy I'm thinking of? The yeah. actor guy? It was like I went and looked it up. It's like, yes, it's this it's the guy I'm thinking of. It's the guy from Inception. It's yeah. the guy from mm-hmm. Who cares who that was? Yeah. That could have been anyone. Right. Could have been Darth Vader's voice. That could have been absolutely anybody. Yeah, but uh, well, I, but at the same time it was it's what he was doing with that character. He made so many bizarre choices that I just but I enjoyed them. I enjoyed what he was doing with them, the way he speaks and stuff like that. Um so I enjoy that character. Certainly there's a lot you could do with it it's mashed up like three or two or three um different very popular stories from from you know the batman mythology dude all the characters were in that movie and a bunch of characters there was there was one called no man's land which was about gotham being isolated from the rest of the world and there was nightfall which is where bane came from and stuff like that and um max landis uh his opinion was they epically half-assed like (laughs) half a dozen of the best batman stories in that movie and that's my not knowing any of that backstory of it at all it's like that was my take on it's like wow this movie's trying to do a lot and not getting any of it yeah not giving any enough of any of it enough time to, yeah. to work you know it's it, like this there's there's either one too many villains or one too many plots or one too many stories or one too many sub characters it was and what's weird is it's the, too many plots it is too yeah. many plots in that movie what's and weird is the, the dark knight is the same way ostensibly it's a lot of really complicated shit it just everyone loves it just works it just works better in the dark knight and it comes together and i think you know I, of I, the trilogy the my, dark knight's clearly the best yeah my my and, vibe is is i, I just i the Dark Knight Rises, as opposed to The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight Rises. I was watching it, going, it was like it was like a lassie, a lassie thing. It was like this movie's barking at me really hard. 
I think a kid fell down a well somewhere, <laughs> but I can't make out what the problem really is. This movie wants to tell me something so hard, <laughs> and I can't make head or tail of what it's trying to say. Right. And and I know it's trying to be meaningful, but I can't get a, any meaning out of what it's doing. Uh, you know, I just, I just, it was like, okay, you're 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 trying way too hard to tell me something that I I'm not getting, and and taking way too long to do it. And the only person I'm watching your entire the entire cast, the only one who's having any fun is Anne Hathaway. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, everyone else is so fucking grim. And I, you know, the Dark Knight Rises was Dark Knight was dark. But yet it had, you know, I mean, obviously the it, was, joke, it was it was dark and electric. Exactly. But the Joker at the core of it, right. you know, is like there's a, first of all, there's an actor who's clearly having fun and doing an amazing job. And I think Anne Hathaway, obviously, she doesn't have as big of showy part. You know, the Joker compared to Bane. I mean, the Bane is just a guy with a gas mask on who has large shoulders. There's nothing else going on with that character. You know, he's not nearly as much fun or as interesting or as or as motivated. You know, it's like so you had a rough childhood and now you hate Gotham City The, the motivation something? for destroying Gotham is the biggest problem. It yeah. doesn't make any sense what the... And it didn't in Batman Begins And either. it's just... And yeah. Brian and I talked about this. Is You know, it comes back to... The you know the villain is like well what does the villain want what is he trying to do and why is he doing it and and Bane is like he hates the stock exchange a little <laughs> and he used to live in a hole he well and on. he has a thing on his face he he was born and grew up in prison so he hates the one per- the rich one percent and he's okay. also a disciple of Razal Ghul so he's going to finish the job that Razal Ghul didn't because right. he's in love with Razal Ghul's daughter okay and they want to be together okay that's Cricket, that I don't know about Cricket. the not the well it's not the being together part I don't think I think they're just on the same oh, they're just okay. they're just on the same team but they're in love. The, no I, I will team, say yeah. I, I not knowing again I was I like the reversal and the, and the surprise and all that kind of stuff it's like but uh, you know of who the real villain was I was like oh okay I honestly didn't see that coming that was cool I would have liked a little cleaner path to get us to that point yeah. in the story um, there was a lot of meandering I thought and a lot of you know other factual goofy things um, but in the end it was just you know the the Joker even though we, we you know, we, in Joker and Dark Knight, we, you know, we like to say that, uh, and that, uh, well, the Joker has no motivation. He's just crazy. It's like, but, but, but his craziness is understandable. And he actually does have a motivation. He wants Gotham as opposed to, we want Gotham. I don't know. I still don't know we, what Bane was after. We sealed Gotham off and, and what? He wanted them all to, did he want cannibalism? Did he want them all starting each other? I don't understand. Um, the Joker wanted the whole world to recognize the chaos. Right. He wanted everyone to embrace the chaos and and everyone to admit that this veneer of civilization doesn't really exist and everything is actually chaos. And he was thwarted when the people of Gotham refused to do that. Right. They didn't do that. And that's that's great. That's clean and interesting and fascinating. And it was you know, and the movie supported that from start to finish, and that was the story it told. I don't and care I, if his motivation is he's insane, just say he's insane. I'm like, cool, I can stop trying to pay like figure him yeah. out. He's insane. Let's go. And yet, and, and yet, yet, there's something to figure out. Then. Yeah, and yet, and yet, you know, it, it is understandable, and it, and there really is, even though, even though, you know, Arthur uh, Albert says he, some people just want to watch the world burn. It's like that. He, there really was more to the Joker than that. You know, yes, he wants that, but he wants you to watch it with him. Yeah. He want, and he wants you to appreciate it with him. That's what he really wants, and and everything he did was to try and make that happen. Um, and that's as opposed to Bane, who I just didn't, you know, get. And then it's just like everything he did was mad. He was the magical villain who I'm going to come down and repel into your plane. 
weren't you just on the landing strip? You couldn't have taken the plane on the yeah. landing strip. So there's a lot of stuff that was just a big mishmash of stuff. And, and in the end, it just didn't work out. I don't want, you know, I don't want to harp on Dark Knight Rises forever because again, it's, it's yet another one of those movies like, but good effort, good hustle. Yeah. A lot of people liked it. It You're not an awful movie because we haven't even mentioned Battleship. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so I'm not saying it's one of my 10 worst or anything remotely like that. I just it's it ain't my 10 best. Um, I, looking at the uh, looking at the screen we've got in front of us. This doesn't this almost doesn't count because I actually just saw it yesterday, but it did come out in 2012. And I would say that um, I wouldn't put it on my top 10, but I would say Jack Reacher is actually is that? a very good movie. I, uh, that's what I hear. It's a very good movie. It's very fun to watch. It's got a personality to it. It's it's almost it's like a. a it's a it's a a hard boiled detective novel yeah. type of story, but completely modernized. It's it's not the anachronism of just being that. It's like that's how you would write one of those kinds of like a Philip Marlowe book today. Nice. That's that's what that's who Jack Reacher is. I think it could use a better title. And I was actually reminded of it not just from looking at it, but because that is a movie where I'm like, I have no idea what the yeah, villain what is, is trying to do. I, I don't understand what's motivated. Like I did until they tried to explain it and then I got lost. Um Oh, you fucked up. Yeah, but <laughs> don't even just don't explain it. You were doing so well. Yeah, but it'll, it'll all be explained in Jack Reacher round two. Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah. But um but, but I would also I understand that Tom Cruise fellow is the star of it. Yes. Tom he's, Cruise he's is good. The star he was in a movie called Rock of Ages this year you should check out yeah i would uh i would recommend jack reacher i don't know if you need to uh to see it necessarily in theaters if it's not you know if you can't find it okay oh, but shit. but definitely check it out django counts django does oh count. there you django go count, yeah. i love django i mean django everyone knows my thing about inglorious bastards and I'm, i i lament the day coming when we have to do a commentary for it michael be on my side so that's good but it's it's <laughs> i don't want to sit through it again um inglorious yeah. bastards really bummed me out man uh, i really didn't like it at all and I, I have lots of reasons for that. I'm just going to s- s- spare you this for the moment. I didn't like Inglorious Bastards. And coming after Death Proof, that has the smell of a litany to it. So I was really worried about Django. <laughs> um, because, you know, it's like, well, shit, if he's doing this now, uh, I'll, I'll I'll get off on the next stop, please. And um, this, this is where he was headed all along. It's with this. This is what he was trying to be doing. It's with that hesitancy that I walked into Django. I saw it with Holden the day after New Year's because my voice didn't work and I had nothing else. Like I couldn't have a conversation with someone. So it's like I typed to him. Let's go see a movie. You couldn't try to stop him. And um, <laughs> boy, man, I, you know, I don't want to, as a result of me being so worried, could have a lot to do with how much I liked it. I don't want to hype anyone else because if they are like me, me saying that I, I, I wasn't expecting much and then I really loved it might screw up their hype now. But I wasn't expecting much and God, was it just fun. It was just a blast. It was like uh, it, it, on the order of like a Kill Bill in uh, the Old South. That was perfect. I had a, a great time with it. And um, I'm really... I have a larger constitutional relief, not just yeah. that the movie was good, but that, okay, okay, we're but good. Tarantino still has Tarantino's still in him. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can still do it. Um, yes. Did you guys see, have any of you guys seen Django yet? I have not seen it. I haven't seen Inglorious Bastards either, so. You know, Inglorious I Bastards. I have not seen Django yet. I have and, the, and Django and Inglorious Bastards are wholly different movies. I have I have the same experience in terms of the relief with Django. I'm like, <laughs> coming out going, oh, I'm so glad I enjoyed that. Um, oh, you saw it? You liked it? I liked it. I liked it. It's, it's. It is long. It's almost three hours, if not three hours long. Um, and it, you kind of feel the length because Tarantino doesn't. Tarantino cares not for your human rules of structure. And so, <laughs> no. um, and so he you shall brook no third act. Yeah. Yes. So that so you know, there's a big climactic scene, and then the movie keeps going right for quite there. Some time that moment, I was like. Oh boy! Yeah, we can end it here, and it's going to be one way. Yeah, but then and it comes back, and it's like, oh, oh, which oh. is which is okay. It just feels long because you're going. 
that should be the, about the end, but it's not. <laughs> How much longer yeah. are we going to have to sit here and hold our pee? Is he scouring and, the Shire? Yeah. Are we going to be scouring well, yes, the Shire? You know, false resolutions are a good thing. Uh, yeah, but... but, um, but it, it, I'm saying that to the extent that it felt long to me the first time. Watching it again and knowing kind of how it flows, I think it will feel less so because I just kind of I, I know it. And I think I'll actually – I enjoyed it the first time. I think I'll actually probably enjoy it more the second. Django, thumbs up. Really psyched about Django. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I wasn't able to get as enthusiastic about Christoph Waltz because I was plagued by how much I didn't really care for Inglorious Bastards or even uh, Hans Landa. Um, but this time – not bear, not burdened with that. Uh, fuck, I love Christoph Waltz. What a cool guy. What a really interesting, like very, I already used the word electric, electric person on screen. He's a lot of fun to watch. So Django, thumbs up, man. There's one that's been staring us in the face. Uh, I think we just dismiss it because it, just just mention it, touch on it in terms of favorites of the year. Um, it's sitting there on, the, it's, it came out early in the year, so we haven't talked about it much lately, but uh, I think we all like Chronicle a fair bit. Didn't yeah. We? yeah. I wasn't huge on Chronicle. I had I don't remember what my problems with it were. I wrote a post about it, but um, I like I like Chronicle. I'm I'm not uh, I I'm really not up on the found footage genre. I have seen yeah. very few, if and I haven't seen any Paranormal Activity or or any of those movies. Um, so I, I'm not. First of all, I'm not. I'm sure it helped to not be like burned out. Like oh, it's another one of these because I hadn't seen that many of them, if any. Um, yeah, I saw the Blair Witch Project. I believe that was one of those. And uh, you know, <laughs> ten years later, I see Chronicle. I, I like Chronicle. Again, there were a lot of people who were like Chronicle's the most amazing thing I've ever. But you know. There's a lot of people who whatever came out that week is the most amazing thing ever. Um, I sometimes wonder. I'm like, did you never see another movie? I'm yeah, not just like, talking about Chronicle. Just did, every week. Did like, you just leave the the the, the strictly Baptist family yeah. like a month and a half ago? And like, um, but uh, Chronicle, I thought you know was a really interesting, interesting. It was interesting the way it was done. It was it was interesting the way it was uh, way, way they uh, pulled it off. Um, I found it entertaining. I I liked it. Um, I, I actually thought it was a, a. I might like it more in a, a solid, a solid, a solid movie. I, I think. I, I, I think it. my reaction was a disappointment because it, they could have done two things with it, and they did the one that I was less mm. psyched about. Mm -hmm. uh, just the way that the story goes, like when when you find out what the ending is and what the movie's been about this whole time, I was like, oh, that damn. But oh, good, you know. It was one of those sort of things. It wasn't like a constitutional hatred. So we all we all dug Kevin in the woods. Obviously, we're all on record yeah. for that one. Um, I don't know. Has anyone other than Teague and myself seen Flight? I saw Flight. Uh, yes. Big contenders. Did you finally see Flight? Or no, not? I still haven't. haven't and 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 that's yeah, the movie that's movie. made for you. Yeah. At least I, the first thirty minutes. I loved Flight. I I liked it a lot. And 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 we've we've discussed this before. It's like it's it's only Zemeckis or someone of that caliber would would. Nowadays, I think, you know, be allowed to take the risk of I'm going to do a movie that has this balls out action sequence in the first 30 minutes and, and that's nothing it. else like that for the rest of the movie. Um, you know, you're expecting like surely at the end, you, you will climb into the plane, you'll climb into the plane and save another bunch of passengers or something. You know, it's like, you know, there was you feel like there was a pitch meeting where some executive says, can't he have like another plane crash at the end just to, you know, like he beats the drinking and he saves another group of people or he could parachute it. No, it's not that it's not any of that so yeah the the there's the there's the pilot porn at the beginning which is amazing um i just uh, it's called in, brittle porn in in fact i just in fact i just rewatched it last night um just to that point when as soon as the crash is over i remove the dvd from the from the player but although the, but the rest of the movie is then it just turns into acting and drama but it's good it's really oh, it's awesome and i found it really good it's if you don't know obviously it's mentioned in the trailer but you don't know that that part of the trailer is actually the majority of the movie. The, it's about him dealing with his drinking problem and the fallout 
legally with whether or not him being drunk was what, you know, he yeah. saved all these people, blah, I, blah, blah, blah. I blah. thought it was going to be more about the legal fallout, but it's not. It's, it's more, about, more the about the drinking. And, and I... That I, can that can be cloying in a movie, and it never quite got to cloying well, for me, to so me, it worked. Well, to me, it, it, to me, I was... A little too um, precious. You know, yeah. But, I mean, we talk about Battleship as a $100 million asylum movie. This was a $100 million lifetime, lifetime movie. Channel movie. Um, with a and, really big effects budget for the yeah, first 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, and, I mean... Very well made, great performances, and and some some really great scenes and some great writing. But it, like you say, it just to me it got a little too cloying. It's a it's a plane crash and then requiem for a dream. Yeah, um, so. but it worked for me. It never it never crossed the line. I could feel it on the line a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I dropped. And, and for me too, it went it went right there. And 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 as a lot of reviewers have said, it's like, well, if you've seen any of these recovery from addiction dramas, it, it's kind of by the numbers. I mean, this yeah. is kind of how you tell the story. Um, Only I, not though. Yeah, exactly. Very, yeah. I, I thought that, I thought you know, but I thought they did. They didn't pull a punch at the end, which I thought was good. I was like, okay, it's all about how they stick the landing on this one. Pardon the pardon the pun, but uh, you know, any, any it was upside down, but they landed it. Yeah, any landing you can walk away from, and and I thought at the end that was like, okay, well they went they went in a direction that you normally don't see in these kind of movies that seems fair, you know, like yeah. Yeah. that seems reasonable, that seems right, um, and that brings us to a movie that I I would bet money if I had any that uh, none of you have seen uh, a movie called Promised Land. No, almost saw it twice. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which came to me as a screener. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known it existed. Is that the one that Krasinski wrote? Krasinski yes. and Damon wrote them together. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he has a minor part in it. And I all. love John Krasinski. Um, that's a movie that actually it's a movie that, you know, if I if I say Matt Damon is in a movie about um, a natural gas company that wants to uh, acquire the, the, the fracking rights of a, of a beautiful uh, small town farming community. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a Hollywood movie. Then you pretty much know what, what this is going to be. I mean, you pretty much know, you what, know what character Matt Damon is going to be. Playing. And you know what character he's going to be the young. Um, Actually, actually, you might not guess correctly what a character he's playing, but it's well. This is what I'm saying. They're reversing that expectation, pretty much. Yeah. But the but the idea is like it's it it isn't one of those. Oh my god, the Hollywood liberals are saying you know industry is bad again. Um, it isn't that until the end when suddenly he goes, yeah, actually we were doing that the whole time. But until then, it's really well acted. It's not doesn't feel like it's by the numbers. It's exceptionally well acted, in fact. I mean, I think Matt Damon is another one of our great actors that we just don't realize is one of our great actors yet. But um, uh, Francis McDormand is fantastic. The supporting cast is all great. Um, the the story is actually interesting and doesn't feel like, okay, and then this is going to happen and this is going to happen. Until the end. I felt at the end, even though it tries to leave things ambiguously, it was kind of like, that. but see, that's the ending I kind of figured you were going to do, because what other ending can you do? Um, you know, in the end, you are a Hollywood movie, and we're all Hollywood liberals, and these are the, this is what we do. <laughs> but um, but it's, it's, it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch for the craft of it and for the, for the technical side of it. Um, that's another one. Um, it's a movie I never would have even known existed. And another movie, and I'm just going to throw this out there. This is a movie that... For coming out of nowhere, didn't know it, didn't know this movie existed either. Got a screener of it, said, "What the hell's this?" Popped it in. I have a guess. Loved it from start to finish. Was safety not guaranteed? No, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, because uh, I heard because the, the the initial opinion was like the reviews were, yeah. but then there was reviews coming out after yeah, that, that, like, no, this was actually kind of awesome. There was a lot of buzz on that beforehand, there and was, then but then the initial wave of reviews was kind of meh. yeah. But then a few people were like, no, 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 wait, hold on. Still haven't seen that. One. What was the movie? Um, it's a movie, and I don't even, if you ever even heard this movie exists. It's a movie called Friends with Kids. 
I've heard that that title. Yeah, I but I, I wonder if Julia Roberts in that movie. No, it's a it's an indie film. It has some it has Maya Rudolph in it in a supporting role and some other folks. But huh. um, I doubt if it's even on this hundred list. I I don't think it's even qualifies that that far. Um, Friends with kids. It's nope. It's a yeah. That's how small a movie it was. It's it's written and directed by the same uh, actress writer director. She also stars in it. Um, who who wrote a movie. Did a movie a few many years ago called Kissing Jessica Stein, mm. which was kind of a, a you know sort of at least big with the gay community. Um, and I watched this whole movie, and everyone in the cast is like an actor that I've seen before, except for the lead actress, who is kind of an interesting offbeat actress with a different sort of quirky style that I was like, I wonder why they cast her in this. Um, and it wasn't until the credits that I realized she was also the writer and director of the movie. I'm uh-huh. Like, oh, that explains that <laughs> um, because it took me uh, a while. She to... was sleeping with the director. Exactly, she was totally sleeping with the... every night for her whole life. She slept with the director. I, I took took me a while to get on board with her as an actress because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm liking her yet. But then I finally kind of got with the rhythm and I got with it. And I, I ended up really liking Friends with Kids a lot. It's just a, it's just a little wacky you know uh, new york indie film um about what it's about is about these these groups of of couples like the three couples two of whom uh have kids fairly rapid succession and the other the last couple aren't really a couple they're just really best friends they're lifelong best friends and they see their 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 married friends have kids and how their lives are completely destroyed and ruined and now they can't go out and have fun and hang out anymore because now this is all about the kids and everything else and and they these two they're not in relationships and they talk about how they would like to have a kid but look at what it does to your relationship and how horrifying that is and they come up with this plan like we should have a kid because we're not in a relationship so you know we're, we're friends and and we'll just, and so they agree to do this so they 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 actually they have a baby together even though they've never been in a physical relationship and they're just best friends and it's about that process about okay what happens then and about how their their married friends resent them because it's all working for them <laughs> and it's like no that's not how you're supposed to do that you're supposed to be miserable and have <laughs> children ruin your life and they're like no it's awesome we, we got it all worked out we have joint custody we do a whole thing so it's just it's just a little you know it's like a very special episode of friends if they actually actually had kids together but um it's really i found it really enjoyable and funny and the characters are fun and uh, cool and i dug it and i have no idea if that movies out on video or if it, I've never saw the light of day but friends with kids is because I, I related to it probably because you know obviously we have Eddie and other people and you know I have friends who are having kids and I go I would never want to do that and yet I don't know but maybe but not like that but no. it's like it's like so when they said hey we should just have a kid even though we're not in a relationship I was go that's probably something like I would do I would probably end up going that makes sense let's do that so anyway I that, that was my that was my little golden that was my most little golden treasure from the from the stack of screeners. Like, here's a movie I never would have knew existed, and an actress, writer, director who I never even heard of. And I think this is an amazingly well put together movie. It's really well made. I was really impressed by the directing, and then I was doubly impressed. I didn't know until the end credits that she had written and directed it as well. So, uh, friends with kids. How are you guys on Lincoln? I haven't seen. Uh, lovely screener. Uh, came with a, a lovely companion book. They really pushed that one like crazy um <laughs> was not blown away by it i have a thing with lincoln that i should say if we're gonna are we ever gonna do a commentary for lincoln i don't know Seems I don't like yet. Maybe. probably not maybe we don't really do civil those. war so controversial we usually stay off yeah kind of stuff. Uh, too soon too soon yeah too soon there's a couple of lead characters they should have taken out of that movie and it'd, it'd make it a much better movie uh, i think all of the stuff with mary todd lincoln and all the stuff with his boy elroy jgl <laughs> 
once <laughs> once again, Jordan, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think if you, showing up in the wrong movie, what are you doing in this movie? Each one of them, either one of them in the movie requires the other in terms of the way the story is set up. But if you take them both out, you lose about forty minutes, and you make the movie about the same thing the whole well, time. Well, here's the well, thing: how, I, how long is it in the first place? It's, like, it's two and a half, two forty, maybe. Here's the thing, though, and we may have already had this conversation. I I, I understand why they're in there. I think from a dramatic standpoint, because if they weren't, then it really would, all the movie, the rest of the movie would just be, here's how a bill becomes law. I mean, it literally yeah. just would just be the procedural. And, and, and one of the things that I think the movie wanted to do was show that Lincoln was a full human being who sometimes had a batshit crazy wife and smacked his son. And, and, you know, there's a, there's a person that Lincoln yeah. was a person. And that's the thing that we generally mostly forget. And he wasn't a perfect person. He was a guy trying to do things. And, uh, you know, right. but, but he, he, he wasn't a, you know, granite statue. He wasn't a yeah, face card. He was, he was side a real of guy. He was a and, dude. and I think, you know, that, that's Those what do give you that hit. That's what the family was for. Cause otherwise it would just been, you know, an episode of the West wing. Yeah. And, uh, well, even, you know, rewatching the West wing, now that it's on Netflix, it, yeah. West Wing is basically doing the same thing. Actually, West Wing isn't. If you really look at it, is a not necessarily even, but definitely a split between. Yes, today we're worrying about the census or the FEC commissioner we're going to appoint. Alongside, yeah, did you know Sam slept with a hooker? <laughs> yeah, right. It, alongside, you know, I don't like my daughter's boyfriend. Yeah, know? alongside. Right. Oh, the, the the I really like the pollster, so I'm going to give her a coffee mug as a present. But yeah. I, we're going to you know be Goldfish kindergarten about the little orange things yeah. meet at parties. So yeah, exactly. yeah, and I whether or not that's you know required, you know whether that's essential to making that material work or not, who knows? But certainly Sorkin and Spielberg are not the least among us. So. Yeah, exactly. That, but, that was my thing with Lincoln. I thought it was great, but I think if you, I think you could take those out, mitigate them with a few lines here and there to humanize Lincoln because they're mostly there. The son is there mostly to say, I have a kid in this war and I, I know the, the stakes of it. And she's mostly there to say, I think you're crazy half the time. I, I, I think you could have made a better movie without them if you had worked a bit harder to, you know, the reason you put there in the first place. My only issue with Lincoln is, is the very ending. Uh, the, going to the i guess if we're going to spoil it uh, <laughs> well spo- hold uh, on w- i don't w- know anything about american history w- yeah. which i mean which what i mean is spoiling the movie specifically because they you know they uh the very last scene you cut to a theater you watch yeah, watch the, lincoln they, walk out the building and, uh, on his way to, to the theater. its credit yeah the the, la- the scene the, the way you think it's going to end on screen is not the way it ends on screen which right I, you know, and that. i i was amused by that i don't know if i liked it yeah but i was amused by it i was I, it, it I certainly was, suckered me in because i was like wait this is because that's not what they saw because i'm yeah i'm yeah. enough of a nerd that i like yeah. that's not our, our american, american cousin, cousin you yeah. know so so you know they put a little okie doke on you but uh, but that's just as well because again that's kind of like do we really have to like you don't know this story like you haven't seen it dramatized eight times already yeah. Well, my you see uh, what I would look at that situation you, is just ended it with him walking out the door. Yeah, you see him house, yeah, going to the yeah. My favorite scene in the whole movie is the one where he's like pulling his hair out at the conference table by you know everyone else is there that is listening to him explain to them why everything he has done is illegal. <laughs> I love yeah. that whole scene where he's just like yeah, and if they come up with the charge for this, I. I I won't have any argument. And when the Senate decides what that part of the Constitution means, I might get impeached. And, you know, he's like going through this entire list of things where he's like, none, this could fall. I could get indicted for what I've done here. Like, this could be massively illegal. And him just the whole thing that he's going through, he comes by it so honestly in the scene that it was really charming. But it, again, it's another one's movies on every technical level. My God, you know, amazing. Also, every um, actor is in that movie. Every actor is in that movie. It's amazing. And, and sometimes you don't even know who they you know, were. Tommy Lee Jones is it? No, yeah, really. Well, the one that, the, the, I don't know if I'm alone on this one, but the one that I was like, that's James Spader? 
Yeah. yeah. James Spader's getting a little, you know, puffed up a little bit. Put on a puff on a little. It was like, it's amazing to see him play that kind of character. Um, I almost wanted the whole movie to be just Spader and Tim Blake Nelson and John Hawks. Exactly. I love those guys. Um, I think we can, can we all get a quorum on this though? Um, if there's anyone who's going to win the best actor award this year. Yep. Um, yeah. It's yeah. going to be either uh, that guy who played Lincoln or someone who has n- naked pictures of every member of the Academy doing things <laughs> with a donkey. Yeah. Um, because the the amazing thing about it, and, and one of the things that's true about the movie, no matter every other, any other quibble I might have with it, is I went into it thinking, okay, it, it might take me a little while to get on board with this, you know, crazy British method dude for uh, Abraham Lincoln. It's like, he was Lincoln from frame one yeah. yep. and I never questioned it yep. ever. And I never once felt like, look at that guy play that part really well. He just, he just nails it <laughs> just in a way that just makes you go. I love that his voice was high. Yeah. I yeah. was so, because that's the thing. And prior to this movie, it was, it was amazing. Piece, it was a piece of trivia that Lincoln had a, an odd kind of nasally high voice yeah. that wasn't very important sounding. And I was like, when we start hearing about this movie that Spielberg's making about Lincoln, I'm like, you know, four score and yeah. seven, you know, it's like four score. And, you know, he's doing the whole thing. I thought it was good. speech. Yeah. The, uh, it's, it's an incredible performance. And I think, and not that I've made a exhaustive study, but I think a pretty strong contender for makeup as well. I would agree um, with that. Or looper. Yeah. Looper's makeup didn't impress me nearly so much. Um, I'm just saying, I, I'll bet yeah. you gets nominated. May well, it may well do. I they I think the makeup make off was I think yesterday. Um, but uh, we'll we'll know soon. In terms of performances, I think this year the the Oscars are going to be much more interesting to watch the supportings and yeah. see who and and which get get those because there was a lot of. I think I've seen at least three female performances that would be supporting roles that all three of them I walked out saying she's going to win, mm-hmm. and it's like oh shit, like like which? Well, uh, Anne Hathaway. I think it's a really strong shot at it. I think Sally Field has a really strong shot at it. That was that was that's a, that's a role that's like. Someone will win the Oscar. Someone will get nominated for the Oscar if they play this role. Any other year, any of those roles would have been the yeah. one that, you know, it's going to have to wait for Les Mis. Les Mis. Okay. For, fair enough. For Dark Knight. Yeah. Les <laughs> Mis, she's that's, in there. That's for like the bonus. 10, you get. She's in there for like 15 minutes, but my hand to God, dude. I mean, if, yeah. if I'll bet you if they want, if they were a betting faction, I'll bet you they could have taken out everything but the song yeah. and she still would have got a nomination. for. Well, it. there was, I mean, uh, what was, what's her name from network? She was in it for all yeah, of two minutes. Be, be just straight. Yeah. 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 If you, if you tear the roof off it, like they do, yeah. then, then well, for then, sure, you know, best don't mean most. Hugh Jackman's going to probably get a nod, but he's not going to beat Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Denzel I, Washington probably get nominated. Yeah. Um, That's a, yeah. He, that was a good performance. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, nothing I've seen comes close to just like, yeah. oh yeah, damn dude. Just seriously. Wow. Actually, I'll say the thing that most impressed me going back to flight, the, that most impressed me of, of in Denzel's performance was him playing drunk. Yeah. Cause it's easy to do that cartoon. He really was amazing with that. And you watch him, but you watch him like, I've been around really yeah. messed up people and that is how they are. Yeah. That is it, absolutely. He's good. He's really yeah. good. Um, what are we forgetting? Let's every, uh, everything else on my list is like, uh, basically my worst of what do you got? Um, well, before I, I just want to put out a shout out on best of for yeah. uh, Ted. I okay. thought Ted, still haven't Ted seen is it. one of my, yeah, my favorites I still of the haven't year. Seen it. I don't know if it's one of my favorites for the year, but I did really enjoy it. I thought it was I thought it was really funny. I liked that it was kind of 
I mean, obviously it was playing on uh, Seth, you know, Seth MacFarlane was, was putting a, a cryo sleep in the eighties and just woke up. <laughs> and so yeah. that's his frame of reference for everything. Right. Um, but it's also playing off the, you know, f 40 years later doing a sequel to, to carrot. So I, I like the idea that Ted is, is the sequel to the cloying eighties movie that doesn't actually exist, <laughs> nice. but it, it is in that way. And it's, it's so well done. And Mark Wahlberg is shocking how, good he is in that considering i you know i don't necessarily think much of him all the time he's pretty hit or miss it depends on the director it seems yeah. like yeah. um but he had such warmth and such reality to him and he's playing off a, a non-existent thing yeah you yeah. know and that's the most amazing thing to to me for that he did so well making he did so well selling ted yeah. that, that i, I really agree with that and i'm very much not in a Mark Wahlberg camp. Yeah, almost all of the time <laughs> he can do no wrong. No. So how do you mother for me? All right. Yeah. So how do you mother for me? All right. Uh, yeah. As I think I mentioned at some point a while ago, you know, watched Three Kings when it first came out before I could right. tell a bad performance from a good performance. And yeah, that's a great movie. Uh, and then when I think we watched it, you know, maybe a year or so ago, and I went, oh wow. Mark Wahlberg is terrible <laughs> no, at everything. No. You can actually tell the difference between him and that Clooney guy. Yeah. There's a measurable difference there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, but then I, you go to Boogie Nights where Boogie Nights was kind of like the role was kind of really tailored mm, so yeah. well to him. It's that my the, big dick and I want to fuck. Yeah. It's like that was appropriate. But then there's, uh, you know, The Departed, which is a supporting role. But I thought he really was amazing. Yeah, I need to watch the. I don't remember his part of Departed. Well, he's actually. Enough, he, but, he, but he I, feels anyway. like a supporting character. But he's actually a very cr critical character in The Departed. Uh, but I, I agree with Mike that he really surprised me with the. Uh, kind of humanity and, and, and warmth that he had. Yeah. yeah. People sometimes can get better at things. So who knows? Maybe Mark, I, maybe Mark uh, Wahlberg will be I someone. I about that. So. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't seen, haven't seen that one, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll catch up with it. Uh, my, my friends at Tippett Studio did, did Ted. I, uh, I didn't for see it in theaters. Great. I saw great. it at a, well. at a focus screening at, at Warner Brothers six months beforehand. So some of it was like half done. Some of it was like Toy Story. And uh, it was still very clearly being shaped. Like there was a lot of gags that you could tell were a gag they wrote that week to make the focus group laugh. Like yeah. really like three days ago, so Mitt Romney did a thing and then <laughs> Ted made the joke about Mitt Romney doing that thing in the movie. Kim Kardashian reference. In fact, it reminded me more of South Park than Family Guy in those yeah. moments. Yeah. Um, but I, at the time, I had, a, I had a lot of notes for it. Uh, like structural <laughs> notes. Like I'm sure everyone else said, this was funny, this was stupid, I didn't like the Flash thing. Uh, mine was like, you're, you, you do this, do this, and this, and this, and this. Um, and I, I look forward to seeing the end result. I think if, it's the, if it's the same one I saw, I can't imagine everyone having this reaction. I think, we, I think we talked about it and some of the issues that you had with it. From what you told me, some of the issues that you had with it had been Good. Uh, mitigated. Because it, no. it was fucking funny. I mean, the, yeah. when it was funny, it was yeah. funny. Well, actually, it, it, that, that takes me to a, a movie that's uh, neither here nor there. Um, a movie that's fucking funny. And just has no structure of any kind that I can discern is this is 40. I saw that too. Yeah. Which, I, I which like is like it. individually and the actors are all fun and yeah. the moments are fun and all that kind of stuff. And, but, but I'm kind of like, is this really a movie about how rich people have trouble sometimes getting their kids to eat vegetables? Is I that think really all this is going to be about? White is, people problems. Well, that's exactly. Oh, it's, that's oh, it's so, so white, white people, people problems. That's the thing that I've been hearing about it. And I, I wouldn't do it with a, with an open mind because I want to see Judd Apatow's, you know, think piece on being a 40 year old. And I don't think that the 40 year old virgin is still his high water. Mark. Oh yeah. It's that's still, yeah, that's yeah. still great. On, on, that's on being, a great movie. But, but I think the, the, the decision to make a movie about 40 year old people problems isn't the issue. It's that he made them 
really well to do. Like they each have their own. Yeah. They both own their own indie business and shit. Exactly. And they have and they this live huge in a house. house and, and the tragedy is they might have to sell that house and buy a smaller yeah, one. Yeah. I think if he had, if, if, if it had been, if I it think been we can all relate to that trouble. Decorated with slightly less highfalutin yeah. problems. Yeah. It would have if played those better. kids that had rooms with a few less of everything yeah, in I know. them. But the emotional center of it worked for me. Yeah. There weren't any huge laugh lines for me though. I don't know. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I mean, but. yes, I enjoyed it. I, at, you know, each individual moment I enjoyed. I didn't like pull it out of the, uh, you know, the, the DVD tray. Um, unlike some other screeners that uh, I'll be mentioning in a second, where I didn't even get through the screener. Like, nope, I'm not watching any more of this. Um, but this is 40. Is like it's funny. But uh, I think I think so for me still. Although I do like funny people as well. Yeah, me too. Uh, I like funny people because that was re- real. that was interesting. Yeah, yeah played re- walk that line between dark and interesting and and also funny. Um, but I still think uh, 40 year old virgin is is uh, his his best movie so far um there were there were there were three screeners that i got that i have still have yet to watch all of uh, i see could not could not uh, get through them and the master it barely qualifies for that uh, i boy i watched the master in installments where i would just like put it in and let it play for like 20 minutes and kind of go right and walk away <laughs> i for think a i told while. my story about the master yeah, i didn't yeah. i didn't walk out i left just for like, oh, never change movie. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Gotta go. Keep on doing whatever it is you're doing. Gotcha. Peace. Yeah. I could tell from pretty early on. It's like, okay, this is a movie that's just, at some point, it's going to go to black and it's going to say directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. And there's going to be no way to know when that moment is. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. It's just going to stop happening and be over. And that's, and that's exactly what it was. I'll bet yeah. you another one of those is the Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> uh, funny you should mention Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. Oh my God! I want to say that I was I, I was live tweeting Moonrise Kingdom. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I was as far as I got for the whole thirty minutes that I could stand it, and then I just I stopped. I was like, okay, no, I'm just done with this movie. No, 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 um, no. Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> no, um, and I can't think of a Paul not uh, Wes Anderson Wes Anderson's Anderson's confused me I'm not sure I've ever seen a Wes Anderson Rushmore Rushmore I liked Rushmore Darjeeling uh, Limited. Darjeeling Limited. No. Uh, Royal Tenenbaums. No. Family Tenenbaums. No. Tenenbaums. The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Fox. No. Okay. Well, so I've it. only ever that's seen most of them. I've only ever seen. I guess thirty minutes of this one. Rushmore, which I liked. Just oh, as bottle I, rocket. Just a bottle rocket. No. Just as I liked Boogie Nights and have had decl- have had descending responses to everything Paul Thomas Anderson has done since then. He's, he's been on the decline and I guess he's making, he's getting closer and closer to the filmmaker he wants to be. Right. And he's getting farther and farther from a filmmaker that I enjoy watching his films. Um, <laughs> and Wes Anderson is the same. And Wes Anderson is like, now has the clout to go full Wes Anderson and I have the clout to go, thank you and good luck with that. I'll be over here watching something else. Um, yeah, boy, I just, just Moonrise Kingdom was like 30 minutes in. I was like, nope. I'm done with that. Whatever, whatever this is, as I, as I said on Twitter, too much whimsy. I need a whimsectomy stat. <laughs> I need some whimsahedamine. <laughs> I need 50 grams of whimsahedamine or I'm going to be dead and a full on whimsopoly. Um, that was not good. Uh, confessions of being a wallflower. I don't know what the fuck that was about, but uh, I got 30 minutes in and stopped. And, um, and one that I am going to revisit um, just because I probably just didn't give it enough of a chance and some people have said things and I guess I think Michael will, will maybe mention this one um, I think it was you on Twitter was mentioning this um, Silver Lining's Playbook oh yeah which I, I you went, gotta get past the beginning exactly I was like 20 minutes in going okay 
okay, is it what? What's happening in this movie? Um, and then I, the reason I realized is before you said that uh, you'd seen it and liked it. Um, the reason I realized I needed to give it another shot is like I was literally just reading the packet that came with it. And I was like, wait, Jennifer Lawrence is in this thing? Yeah. I should at least watch it until Jennifer Lawrence shows up because <laughs> I like her. So maybe when she gets there, something will start to happen in this movie. Yeah. Right. So so I will put that in and I will give Silver Lining's playbook another shot. Um, whereas I think uh, Moonrise Kingdom, maybe not so much. Maybe someday when I literally have nothing else to watch, <laughs> I will try Moonrise Kingdom again. Um, and then finally, The Master, which I watched all of, but I couldn't tell you why or what happened in that thing. You watched the whole thing? I did. I made it wow. all the way to the end. As far as he's I made it all the way to the point where the no the credits happened. The movie was over. It had stopped. <laughs> did you watch all the way through the credits just to make sure? I you know I, I didn't watch take the that. coda be as long as yeah. the movie. Yeah. I did not take that risk. Um, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix joins the Avengers and yeah, oh, God damn it! <laughs> See, I knew Sam Jackson was going to walk in at some point. Easy yeah, that's, joke. Master is like boy. That's some actors acting really hard mm. at each other and really I, great performances. Really great performances just like, in, a, in, a, in a story in a movie that I just don't know what the hell I'm watching this for. Um, Mike, did you write a list proper? Uh, I did. Uh, I wrote so my my favorites from m- most to. You know, from from number one down, uh, Cloud Atlas, Dread, Cabin in the Woods. We covered most all of these, so yeah. I didn't have to say. Wow, Dread, you're number two for the year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and by the way, is that on video or not? I'm. Yeah. I, it's it's about to be on Tuesday at the very least. And by the way, I just want to like, I know I've overhyped it at this point. I've way <laughs> oversold it. I can't it. imagine how Judge Dread could be the second. <laughs> I've, I've, the I have, second greatest it's movie the second of the year. Coming of Dread. I yeah. have, I have way oversold it by pushing yeah. it this hard. But but just the point is, just go in expecting. A solid action movie that you can't like, you know, it's not insulting. It's it's like, is it literally coming out this Tuesday? Yeah, okay. It's like, like I said, I, I think it's on Netflix yeah. already. Right. You you watch everything and go. That is how human beings behave. Nobody is being an idiot to make this plot work, and and the stakes are continuing, and everything makes sense from from. A to B to C to D. Um, right. And there are so few movies that do that, and especially <laughs> ones that, that are so sci-fi and so action and, and stuff like that. I just really enjoyed it because it's like, this is this is just a movie that is straightforward. It is not fundamentally broken, and there are so few of those. I want wow. everyone to support it. Um, okay. So that's where it's at. It's not the second coming of any <laughs> damn thing. It's just, it's just a really good movie, and I recommend it. Um, what was third? Third for me was Cabin in the Woods, then Rock of Ages, then Ted, then Dark Knight Rises. But we'll see. I may <laughs> still be. I may be cooling on that. Um, and then. Um, Django jumped onto my list, and then Avengers and Wreck It Ralph, which we hadn't mentioned yet. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen. Um, and then Total, like Ralph. Total Recall again because not because it was necessarily good, Looking but because it list, was fun. Everyone's gonna think you're a shithead. I know because <laughs> yeah, wow, that, that's exactly it. And then the the next you don't have one pretentious piece of shit on that list. Exactly, but they're on the next list. Okay, that's, the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people are really gonna hate me. Yeah. Um, because the the from from. Uh, on, on the on my list of kind of least tenth enjoyed, worst, mm-hmm. yeah, starting uh, at tenth worst, starting at yeah, the least worst in 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 my view that belongs on the list was flight, just because the, and then brave, mm. oh brave, okay, yeah, we haven't even mentioned brave yet, yeah. yeah, and then John Carter, the Hobbit, really, oh wow, Dark Shadows, oh yeah, <laughs> I, if I if I I didn't compile a ten worst, but right. that would go on it, um, Breaking Dawn, which I saw, so I can. <laughs> Say, uh, the man with the iron fists, oh. which was just super disappointing. I wanted is that so, the Rizzo's movie? Yeah, yeah, I wanted so much for that to be great and be like a really badass hip hop kung fu movie, and it's just terrible. Um, Snow White and the Huntsman, mm. Battleship, Prometheus. Wow. wow, Prometheus goes under Battleship. 
That's got to be a, a, a the sliding scale of God damn it, Prometheus. That's gotta, yeah, yeah, I, think, it's, I, it's I assume a there's a between, shattered expectations yeah. factor. Well, play just there. Yeah. I mean, because Brave is not that bad, but no, Brave is I bad mean, because it's like, come on, Pixar, what the hell? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a, a list of movies that, to be fair, that I saw. If I knew I was going to hate a movie, I didn't go see it. <laughs> so, so some of those movies won't won't uh, necessarily make this list. So. Sweet. There you go. Do we have any outliers? Anything that wants I, to get mentioned that hasn't been? I just, the only ones I, I singled out for the movies that I would go, ooh, you know, ouch, pain, bad, angry. My, my, I just did three was, was Battleship, John Carter, and Prometheus, you know, obviously. Right. You actually put The Hobbit is, you really didn't, didn't, didn't do The Hobbit? I didn't really dig did The Not Hobbit. like The Hobbit at all. Oh, right, I didn't. I, f- I felt like it was, it, uh, I, it didn't quite get to the, to, it didn't quite cross the line of wasting my time, but it got really close. <laughs> it got really close. It got really close to that. But I think, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, cautiously looking forward to Desolation of Smog. now that it's like, okay, you got that out of your system, yeah. now we can spend a movie with a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will say and have said that, you know, I, I think it was an unfortunate choice to put the special edition in the theater. Yeah. Right. Right. That that movie should have been that I think is, two hours and five minutes long and all those dwarf block. antics should be would be great for the special edition where I go, oh that's it would be a case where I go, that's that's fun. I see why you cut that out. Yeah. You know, a- Eddie yeah. and I have I, uh, already at the beginning we're like, you I got cannot the phantom wait. Edit ready I cannot wait for the Blu-ray so I can phantom edit this thing and see <laughs> and cut those forty minutes because that's the number everyone says like cut about forty minutes out of it. I'm like, I'm going to find those f- yeah. magical forty minutes and cut them out and see how that movie plays. Because I bet well, you can. I had the I had the advantage of since I watched it on a DVD with a you know a frame counter with a with a minute counter right, right below there. I am able to tell you exactly. He leaves the house at forty one minutes. Right, and I, I think we've may, I think we maybe have isolated so, a large part of the problem. Now you need some of that. Yeah, maybe about ten to fifteen minutes of that would be fine. Although, although you know the the argument on the other side is Frodo doesn't leave the house until forty minutes into Lord of the Rings either. So the theatrical or extended? That's a fair question. I haven't actually well, really looked at that, but but I I saw that argument being made, and I'm like that actually yeah. sounds about right. But there's a birthday party. There's the introduction. There's the Introduction of the ring. There's I the, think there's just the introduction prologue. of hobbits and everything else. Literally, the entire forty minutes, other than the five minute prologue, which you know is fine, but the you know the rest of the first forty antics, minutes yeah. is Bilbo's house. Yeah, it's a dinner party at Bilbo's house for forty minutes. By the way, I saw that movie with my dad, who had never seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh wow! And you'd think this would be the way to introduce someone to all of it because this is the first one in the series and they'll make sense of this. But he walked out going, I really don't get, okay, wait, hobbits and dwarves are different. Are they different? What are the difference? And then what's the orcs? Like he walked out of there like, they didn't really explain any of that. They sort of assumed that I knew all that stuff and I was able to keep up you know, film grammar and context clues, but I was, I was lost. But to be fair, they don't really explain it in Lord of the Rings. Well, that's what I either, said. I was so. like, it was like, it's, it is what it is. And you yeah. just sort of spend it some time it, around it. It's, get it. it's funny. I'm watching the, as I was watching it, you know, we're in the prologue and I'm going, okay, I think I'm going to be okay. Like I was, I, I started to get the feeling that going, okay, I'm, I may be too hard on this if I'm comparing it too much to Lord of the Rings. I'm going to try and think of this as not, being involved with Lord of the Rings at all and just you let it be its own epic fantasy thing. 
No sooner have I thought that it spends 15 minutes with Frodo and Bilbo in the five minutes leading up to Fellowship. I'm like, great. I Well, okay. <laughs> if you're going to insist on reminding me of Lord <laughs> yeah, of the Rings, exactly. then I guess. I, yeah, I mean, that was that was fun and cute and, you know, a little bit of fan service. Like, yeah, Frodo. And, and connecting it to the events of Lord of the Rings, I thought. I actually was okay with that. I thought, okay, that's fun. That's cute. It's just that, yeah, it's just once the dwarves show up for dinner, whoo boy, that goes on for a while. And, uh, yeah, that just takes a while. And, and and every so often there's just like, oh, you could have cut that 10 seconds of dwarves being wacky. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I and I would have been a little. Happy or, you know, we only maybe we only need one dozen shots of the eagles flying in circles around that rock. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just just putting that and out there. My God, if we're going to make the eagles a thing again, can we please <laughs> oh. have somebody say a line of. Yeah. They show up if they show up. Yeah. By the way, they're not our servants. They're sentient gods. They don't care. Yeah. Done. You have to beg them and they have to be in the mood to come save your ass. That's that's how it works. They, they'll do it for me because I'm Gandalf and I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. But that's it. And they only show up sometimes for me. I want Gandalf to say that. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. I'm quite a big deal. <laughs> so, well, I, it's funny. I, I, I like Hobbit more than you, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's growing on me. It's growing on me. But Maybe it'll yes. grow on me too. Maybe yes, I'll, I do I wish it was again. shorter. I do wish it was 30 to 40 minutes. Did short. anyone see Red Tails? Yes. No, I did not. Would that be on your worst? Or I forgot. Just that was last Wait, no, I did. <laughs> Which I, guess, I guess that's the answer to that question. I did see Red Tails. I read actively that. bad or just kind of lukewarm? Just oh, really, uh, actively bad. really strangely unwatchable. Yeah. It's like 35% of one story and 20% of another story. And there's like pieces of two. Yeah. It's, it's just all over the place. Um, I really, I honestly only went to see it in the theater, you know, literally just for the, the airplane porn. And yeah. even that was just, and that was just, yeah, secret. that was really kind of for that kind of joyless yeah. <laughs> airplane porn. Yeah. I yeah. forgot the gray came out this year. I really like the gray. And I, I only that, just watched the gray the other week. Right on top really of my it. top 10. Yeah. Absolutely really? on my top 10. I f- thought the gray was fantastic. I love the gray too. I need to I see that. I loved it. It's on Netflix. It's Netflix. I, oh, I know. It's his, you know, his, his face, face is yeah. right at me. Ah! It's like the first thing Netflix punches wolves. suggesting to me. So yeah. I Liam just Neeson is mad at you, Mike. Liam yeah. Neeson punches wolves. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's another one of those movies where. That I, didn't do what I thought it was going to do. Yeah. I know. But I loved what it did do. Have you seen it? Oh yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's one of those movies where like yet another one of those who got this greenlit <laughs> who even got someone to like pay for this movie i not that i don't not that i'm hating it but i'm like i love that they made this this is amazing oh yeah uh, no i thank you for thank you for reminding me yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's probably would go into my top three for the year Whoa. in terms of movies like damn speaking of which similar vein uh we it's easy to forget because it was towards the beginning of the year but hunger games yes as well which i went in with no expectations and really enjoyed i need to revisit it i was disappointed with it at the time but i might feel differently now i kind of want to check it out for the making of actually yeah oh yeah sure i enjoyed it coming up but the more i think about it the more and especially after reading or listening to i should say the books i just mentioned it in passing um pitch perfect see here's my thing everyone else liking pitch perfect is really weird to me (laughs) (laughs) because you thought they made it just for you it's totally teak porn it's anna kendrick with too much eye makeup doing acapella numbers not glee numbers motherfucker (laughs) glee club fuck you glee fuck you acapella numbers and it's weird and stupid and it's got like this you know the stereotypical bring it on plot line and everything it's just a movie but it happens to be about acapella and everyone who saw it liked it which is really weird because i'm like i know i would like this but 
I can't believe anyone else is into it. And everyone at least likes it. Doesn't necessarily think it's the best movie of all time or anything. What else is on this list that was <laughs> Ghost, a huge deal? Ghost Rider. Everyone, I, I, I heard good and bad things about Savages. I never saw Savages. Um, well, a, 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 oh, you Red should, Dawn. Anyway, you should hop over see Red to Dawn? the, uh, I just, the second. I, the, to, to a one, or, you know, 101 to two. I didn't see Red Dawn, the remake. I, I saw the After movie Red Dawn. talk about that. I saw the movie Red Dawn for the first time just about a couple the months ago. The original Red Dawn? Yeah. How was that? I have a soft spot for that one. That's a, yeah. that's a crazy. I mean, that's that's just it's all the eighties in one movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, but there's there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in that movie. I think to this day, I I was it was odd. I wasn't as I wasn't as into it as I thought I, as I would have thought I would be. It's a little darker than even at the time. It was like well, it's, this is a pretty it's, dark it's, movie. I mean, you know, it's the Cold War, so you kind of got to get over it, buddy. But no. it, it was really I was surprised by how raw raw propaganda it was. Mm. It was it, it was re- fucking Red Dawn. Shit. Yeah. I mean, the name is Red Dawn. I should have known. But well, it's it's funny because it, the the idea was, of well, you know, I think any movie about they came and invade, they literally parachuted into your country. You know, they make those movies about us over in the Middle East, and you know, here they those yeah. fuckers come. You know, let's be heroes and drive them back out again. You know, yeah, and, but and in, you, in those countries, they're documentaries. <laughs> that's I know exactly, <laughs> and plus they deserve it. They totally have it coming, you know, right? Because we're the good guys, right? But um, but I like just just the way that the whole scenario of the original Red Dawn, I'm talking right? About, the way it plays out is like I was pretty, not expecting pretty. The, pretty I was dark. not expecting the back half of that. Pretty movie. dark about you know where it goes. You know, you talk about rah rah. Et cetera, et cetera. But then it's like, well, yeah, maybe not so much though. The then it starts half. decaying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw the five year engagement. That's a movie that kind of went, it came and uh, went. Yeah. That was with uh, Emily Blunt and Jason Siegel. Right. If you remember this movie, yeah. Uh, and I saw it because existing didn't see it. I don't remember why I saw it, but I saw it with Chloe, and Chloe hates romantic comedies more than I do. Um, <laughs> and we both walked out of it being stunned at how well written the girl was. She wasn't the stereotypical rom com girl wife. Nice. Um, she was interesting and layered and more than one thing at once and uh, had interesting things to say and had conversations with other girls that weren't about guys. Um, Ooh, the Bechtel test. The five year, yeah, the five year engagement isn't going to like, you know, blow your hair back or make you religious or anything, but it was way better than it should have been for being one of those movies. And, and didn't make any money whatsoever. No, it's 98th. Yes. Yeah. The, the 98th the, the, most most. I'm making. looking at the list. The Guilt Trip, which came out last week, is ahead of it. <laughs> Pirates Band of Misfits is ahead that's, of it. That's unfortunate. That the Pirate, Because Pirates Band of is, is the Aardman. It's Aardman's yes. movie this year. Yeah. Um, and was supposed to be, you know, fairly good, but uh, did not do well at all. The so. uh, We've scammed past it a couple of times. Um, again, not a movie that's necessarily going to blow your hair back, but go in with low enough expectations. I kind of enjoyed the other Lincoln movie that came out this oh, year. Vampire Hunter. Vampire, Vampire Hunter. Hunter? I, I um, should check that out. There were certainly, there are certainly some bits... Where if when Beck Bambatov shows up for work, it gets a little dicey because um, because yeah. you've got people throwing cows and shit at each other, um, and that's a bit. <laughs> it says I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Um, the the effects don't work as well, but there are some sequences, especially the climax. There's there's a scene with a train on a burning bridge and stuff like that that are just it's awesome in the trailer. Yeah, phenomenal. So. Um, I mean, you know, don't compare it to the Spielberg Lincoln, although I wish that were the movie about Lincoln that Spielberg had made. <laughs> then maybe it would have been that, fucking... That, that in 1987, he would have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, uh, as it is, you know, I think it's... 
I, I wouldn't have recommended it in theaters, but I think it's worth a Netflix. Men in Black 3 was kind of a non-starter. This, that, that, Men in Black 2 was pretty bad. Was, Men in yeah. Black 3 wasn't bad. 3 was better than 2. It was two. just kind of a... I was just about to, to, to remark on that because that's a, a, a weird indication of how, you know, it's a beloved franchise and you know, yada, 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 and long-awaited sequel and boom, boom, boom. And the, you know, a whole movie can come out and make a decent amount of money at the box office and then no one even remembers that that happened a week yeah. later. Um, yeah, Men in Black made 180 million or so. Yeah. It's number 12 on the yeah. list. This is one of those things like that's literally like just make the meatloaf, delete it. I just put it in front of them and they'll eat it. I didn't even know it was coming out until it literally was out. Yeah. We were looking for something to see. We go, what's, com- what's coming out this week? What came out this week? And we look, Men in Black 3 is out. <laughs> we, we didn't even know they'd been making Did it. Did they make that? Okay. I had to check. I was. Did they make Ghostbusters three too and tell nobody? Which I got to that, check. That's, that's my worry about Ghostbusters. Like, imagine what you know that I'm. You you would probably be the most devastated by this if wow. it happens. But it's like imagine if they finally release Ghostbusters three and the and everyone goes, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll be the most devastated if that's my reaction. Yeah. I just really. watched uh, Evolution last night for the first time in a long time. Oh, wow. And um, I was surprised. I liked Evolution at the time, and it's still, you know, it's paper thin, but it's fine now. It's not like an awful movie. But I was surprised by how vividly it is beat for beat Ghostbusters. I mean, yeah. he's, mm. he's really just trying, okay, let's just try this one again. And th- like at the same time, they have the exact same meeting with the same higher ups who have, you know, the muckety mucks who think this about them, and mm. they have to defend their whack ass theory. And like every little beat was very, very Ghostbusters. I don't know. Pop over really quick to we're looking at the top 100. Let's look at the next 100 down because mm. some of the find some things that we liked. Find some gems yeah. there. Uh, I will say I may be the only person in the world to have seen Savages, but mm. I did enjoy it. It was a little oddly structured. Taylor, Taylor Kitch's manager, thanks you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I will oh, say that it's edge. wow. It out of the three movies he was in this past year, he is actually better in Savages oh, than he is in the other yeah. ones. Yeah. I saw Premium Rush. That was the Joseph Gordon-Levitt bike movie. How, oh, how was that? That guy was in everything this year. Um, it yeah. was. I liked it. I had a good time with it. It's obviously a. It's a little bitty movie. It's just a. Yeah, he's a bike career. I think that and one then, is on Netflix now. I think. May, I, I think you're right. Uh, there's they do some cool shit with overlays, like how he imagines uh, getting around the city when a certain traffic jam or whatever the hell. Sort of like how they do Sherlock Holmes, figuring out what he's going to do next in a fight in the in the movie is not the show. Uh, but it was it wasn't much to write home about. But it was fun. Uh, it wasn't like. <laughs> It has uh, oh, I'm going to forget his name right now. The 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 stereotypical bad guy character actor that I love, uh, and I know his name and I can't think of it. But Ernest Borgnine, Borgnine, <laughs> David Prowse. He died, didn't he? <laughs> he did. That's um, a shame. Anyway, um, fuck, I can't remember his name. Michael Shannon. Shannon. Doc that's right. Ah, Michael Shannon. Thank you, Doc. Um, and by the way, earlier X Troy mentioned that, of course, Michelle Pfeiffer does sing. So, oops. Um, not yeah, in that but, movie. No, no, no. Uh, but but, uh, you but know, she could have. There was nothing to write home about, but it was cool. I saw Seven Psychopaths. That was a major bummer mm. um, because I love I love uh, in oh, Bruges. Look, oh, look at Dread. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, love, I love in Bruges. And I love Kiss Kiss Bang. Uh, I beat that drum, you guys. And it was, you know, the, the guy master who made more money than Dread. The guy no. who directed in, in Bruges making a meta- Self-aware. Oh, that was comedy. the Bruges guy, right? Yeah, Mar- Martin McDowell. I want to say when I found McDonough, out McDonough, McDonough, McDonough. when I found out it was Meta, that's when I started losing interest and eh, didn't wind up. It seeing just it. it. I wrote a review of it in the in the reviews forum. If you want to see what I thought yeah, about, I'll it. check but, it out when it. But, but, and, oh, um, I saw Cirque du Soleil. Wow, I saw. I, I actually saw Friends with Cirque Kids one thirty nine. Um, scroll over. How much did that make? It was in India. It can't have made much, but it didn't cost much. Seven million. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. But uh, right for the end of the world, that wow, that oh. movie just that one hundred and fortieth. That tank shit, hard. seven million dollars it made. 
No, that is a good movie. I did see that Seeking one. Seeking a Friend? Yeah. Oh. When the trailers came out, I was like, oh, it's the studio version of Apocalypse California. Yeah. It is. I'm surprised Hitchcock is as far down Arbitrage. as Arbitrage. That's another one I got on the screener was Arbitrage. Um, a good performance by Richard Gere. Susan Sarandon's in it. It's an interesting movie. Never would have watched it otherwise. Um, it could have been a Lifetime Channel movie. You know, it's just one of those movies like, wow, did someone owe someone a favor that they greenlit this? I just watched Jeff Who Lives at Home the other night. It's on Netflix now. That's Ed Helms and Jason Siegel and their brothers and they hate each other and Susan Sarandon's their mom. And I was stunned because it's it's fine. It's not really good. Uh, but it's so short. Well, Hitchcock and the, and, and the way the story comes saying, together. That surprised me. And the yeah. way the story comes together in Jeff Who Lives at Home is it's as if, in terms of like how far it gets into the story beats, it's as if Luke Skywalker... <laughs> meets Ben, comes home and finds his aunt and uncle are dead. <laughs> Obi-Wan says, you should come with me to Alderaan. And Luke Skywalker gets kind of teary-eyed and goes, yeah, I should. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> Which movie is that? That's Jeff who lives at home. Okay. <laughs> like, it's like the call to action happens and he like he's like sort of happily thinking about the, yay. That is I have a movie structure. That oh, yeah. is it. Yeah. It leads you up to the call to action and then and the acceptance and and you're, yeah. you get to make up the rest of the movie. Because that's the expensive part. So <laughs> they let you make I, the rest I, of that. I'm glad it took me watching Jeff who lives at home for us to pick that up. But yeah. seriously, it's Luke gets told he should come with Obi-Wan to Alderaan and he smiles and thinks to himself and goes, I should. Credits. <laughs> That's da, 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 did, did, did anyone see Hitchcock? No, apparently not. Amazing. <laughs> I was, apparently not. I was. I was. It's do, it's worse than Dread on the list. Yeah, it's way down. And, but it uh, only came out what two weeks ago. I guess that. Did I guess, it? Oh, okay. but uh, it's, it's, it's come out very recently. I was hoping for a screener on that one. I got the script for it, I think, but I had, didn't get the screener. Which is oh, uh, left like Jesse forever, which. Uh, which I got, uh, which that was Trey the first, told me about. First screener I, I got. I ended up watching on the airplane. Oh, from between here and that was the very home. first screener I received. And I was like, I didn't even know this movie existed, and it's it's perfectly it's, fine. It's cute. It's yeah. fun. It's there, an indie. It does. It's a Rashida pass. Jones showcase, and I I like the Rashida Jones. So that's it. Fine. Doesn't pass the the Meyer test. It doesn't. You know, why did you tell me this in the first right. place? But otherwise, one seventy three and one seventy five are uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi and the Green of Versailles, which were Eddie's doc yeah. recommendations began hours ago by talking about. I but saw a Sleepwalk with Me, which is one seventy eight. That's Mike Birbiglia's movie. Mm. Uh, he's a I comedian. still want to see that. That's on Netflix. It's now, on Netflix. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's you know. Wow, Hysteria did not do well. And um, yeah, Hysteria was one of the screeners. Number one eighty-seven, twenty twelve Oscar nominated short films. Yep, and that uh, that appears to be, and that takes us to two hundred, which yeah. was Bal Bakshan. I don't know how you say that. Bakhan, Bakhan, Bakhan. He made a million dollars. A million dollars. A million. One million dollars. Hey, you so know. you can be the two hundredth most popular movie. You still get a million out of it. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Anyway, so twenty twelve. On, on the whole. Five. There was there was a few really big like hits to the ego with movies that we thought were going to be better than they were. Yeah. But it was generally actually a pretty solid year for movies. There was some good stuff in there. Solid year, just the the expectations were were the disappointments of things that were expected was was sad. But then the the things that you didn't have any expectations about that came out of nowhere, like oh, yeah, that was surprising. Like you know, The Gray and Rock of Ages, yeah. I had no stake in whatsoever, and I was like, this is awesome. Looking at that whole pile, just. That whole franchise concept is a lie, and Hollywood should stop doing that bullshit. Let's not say best or worst now. Let's go out on favorite. My favorite that's, movie that, of the really year. That's really my thing, is favorite, yeah. least favorite. My favorite movie of the year, all in, like all things considered, like the most joy, proportionately. <laughs> oh, shit. When you put it that way, it gets really weird. <laughs> no, it's, then it's like, it's tough. Then I, probably Pitch Perfect was probably uh, my favorite movie of the year. Um, if not Pitch Perfect, Cabin in the Woods. Brian? Yeah, see, I can never narrow it down to just one. Uh, I mean, I would guess you just go with the with the obvious one, Avengers or or something. I don't know. Um, 
Come back to me. <laughs> Dorkman? I'm still going to go with Cloud Atlas. All right. Yeah? Really, yeah. Really love that movie. Trey? I, I, I can narrow it down to three, I guess, that I can put on that list. And it's like movies that just made me go, I'm so glad I made the effort to like put on shoes and go see this thing. <laughs> you know? and, and, and usually that, that pretty much lets out movies that are like anticipated, you know, it's like, so, so this is basically my list of movies that I went in with zero expectations and came out going, I'm so glad I saw that clicking your heels and everything. Exactly. And, uh, for me, I guess that list would be, um, uh, rock of ages and the gray and, uh, third place, I would say Cabin in the Woods because I really didn't know what I was getting into right. with Cabin in the Woods. I figured I'd probably like whatever it was, but I really had no knowledge of what it is. So yeah, Cabin in the Woods, The Gray, and Rock of Ages, <laughs> which is a there's a triple feature that you know will give you an insight into. I guess my brain like nothing <laughs> yeah. else will. Rock of Ages, Try, The Gray, and what was the third one? Cabin, Cabin in the, the Woods. woods. <laughs> Try and draw a line between those. That's where I live. That's me in the, in between the three of those. Brian, what do you got? I guess I'd say with I'd go with Skyfall. I think Skyfall. Oh, yeah, we yeah. haven't talked about Skyfall. I much. haven't seen it. Yet. Didn't I'm talk much. about Skyfall. I've not seen it. Did you see it, Mike? Yeah. Did you like it? I liked it. I need to see it again because it was it was promoted as the best Bond ever, and it's because it treated Bond as a character as opposed to just <laughs> oh a, weird. Yeah, a, you know, as the, a cardboard cardboard cutout, cutout jumping yeah. through explosions. Well, as, as and, I was saying to Trey when we went to the the uh, the Bake Off, I, I watched it um, in a theater once, and I went. Came out going, yeah, it was, that was a really good good movie. And then we watched the, the 10 minute reel at the Bake Off. And as each scene was going by, I went, yeah, that is an awesome part of that movie. Yeah, that's also an awesome part of that movie. It was just that remembering uh, sequentially for every moment that they showed. So I was like, yeah, that, I think for whatever reason, it didn't fully stick in my brain when I first saw oh. it, which is only a couple weeks ago. Uh, but. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, upon looking at the the the, the Bake Off reel, it's like no that yeah that was actually a really fantastic movie. Yeah, I need to see it again just because, like I said, they they treated him as a character rather than the cardboard cutout jumping through explosions. But then they forgot the jumping through explosions part mm-hmm. almost, so it was less actiony than I expected it to be. I'm like, okay, you went the other way, like the, yeah. the, it was balanced, it was unbalanced in one direction. Now it's unbalanced in the other direction. I want a movie to meet it in the middle, but. Um, and uh, but, but it's still good. I not need at to the see beginning it and not at the end. I right, would say. right. The right. the beginning is great, and the the ending sequence is completely right. amazing. I still need. So. I still just need to so. see it again because I think it was a matter of expectations. And yeah. Okay. Now I know what the movie is. I'm going to watch it on its own right. merits and and enjoy it. <laughs> then uh, so the least favorite. I think I'm already pretty much on record, and it's not surprising. My my vote hasn't changed. You know, there are things about Prometheus that made me angry. But there are things about Prometheus I like. There are things about John Carter that made me angry, but there's things about John Carter I like. The movie that, as I went on record at the time, and I still stay on record, the movie that made me go, I'm angry that I came here. I'm angry that this movie exists. I'm angry that they did this at all. And I'm just I'm just happy. I'm angry to be part of this I'm angry that I was involved in anything to do with this goddamn thing. Um, And I want to quit the business that I've been in my entire life as a result. Uh, That would be Battleship, ladies and gentlemen. Battleship. Yeah. Yeah, for me, the biggest, oh God, why wouldn't be um, Prometheus? Because I liked a lot about Prometheus. It would probably be shit, man. I hadn't prepared an answer for that one. Um, Biggest bummer of 2012. 
Brian or Mike, do you have one off the top of your head? The, well, the biggest bummer for me is Prometheus easily, despite yeah. the fact that it's gorgeous. It's yeah, you know, it's retarded. Is completely yeah. Retarded. Likewise, I actually and and I put Battleship just slightly above it because I was like, there was a point where I started having fun with Battleship because I realized that the movie had lost its mind, and I was <laughs> and I was just then I was ready to go along with the ride, and I I just started laughing. I think just, maybe I lost just, my mind. You a little just stayed bit. by the door with your car keys in your hand, yeah, just in case anything seriously bad happened. Yeah, just in, just. Otherwise, I'm just going to see what happens. Just here. in case it came at me. Yeah. <laughs> but watching it go over there, I was, I was, I was okay. Um, but uh, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate that as much. And likewise, because no one was, no one was trying to defend Battleship as being a piece of true. art. True. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. You just yeah. didn't get Battleship. I mean, this man. is. This, yeah. I'm certain this isn't the accurate answer. If I had time to research what happened in 2012, this wouldn't be what I'd say. But since it's fresh on my mind, and since the phrasing of the question was biggest bummer. Uh, Probably Les Mis. I was mm. really, mm. I was, I was really surprised at how much I didn't like Les Mis, uh, because I'm such the guy, yeah. and and just no, not, just nothing doing there. So yeah, that was uh, 2012. That was actually a pretty good year. That's, yeah. I'm, 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 it was a good year. I'm happy with that year. It's, it, it ain't no 1999, but shit. We'll see what happens. Uh, 1985, 85 was 81 and 80, 80, 80, yeah, 82. I would say, yeah, all of them. All of the oh, 80s. The 80s. Anyway, this has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash Down in Front. Facebook Down in Front. Show demos at Down in Front. Show at uh, Go to the forum. Big people. No. Big big community. <laughs> big people Normal sized people. <laughs> Shit. Some of them are pretty big. Some of them are huge. Yeah. Kyle's a wrestler. Fuck. And his beard. He's, he's actually, his, his stated goal is to be Santa. And um, good people, good conversations, talk about movies and other stuff. And it's a good community. Get yourself out there. Go to the website and donate some money so we can buy new things when we need them. And buy our shirts. Holden Hill, design and maintain the website. And until next time, my name is T. Christie. Brian Finifter. Nice up. Jay Stokes. This has been Dan in front. Thank you for listening. Good night. Good night. 2013 is going to suck. But if you miss the 80s, go see Rock of Ages. Ages. Ah, And and Red Dawn. Great the record. And, And Red Dawn, the original.